No, no. What am I going to do? It's right around the corner. Oh my gosh, I'm the worst person. I am just, uh. Does that ever happen to you? Do you ever forget that someone's birthday is coming up? Or maybe some family reunion? Or maybe you just want to get someone a, a great gift? Well, don't worry. Go to calebquire.com. C-A-L-E-B-Q-U-I-R-E dot com. And I've got art prints, I've got stickers, I have pet portrait commissions, and I've got a whole array of beautiful bird paintings. Some are original, some are prints. You'll never know. Unless, you know, I write it in the description. So I guess you will know if you just look. But don't worry. Don't forget about the opportunity. Because you know what? I got your back. Kibquire.com. Decorate yourself! So, you know, let's talk about it. I mean... I've lost 50 pounds, right? And we've discussed this. The keto diet. I've started a group called the Keto Dojo. It's on Facebook. Yes, it's on Facebook. I've said that before. Facebook is still around. But it's a place where you can go and uh, you can get great recipes. You can get um, great support. There's a lot of people on there that are doing the program. This way of eating, I guess you call it. Some people call it a diet. I don't know what you want to call it, but it's the Keto Dojo. And people are having great success, they're losing a lot of weight, they're getting healthy, they're getting their body back, they're getting their fitness back, they're getting their self-esteem back. And it's a place you should go to just get great support and have a good time. So I want to tell you guys about a great place called Lulu.com. That's L-U-L-U.com. That's where you can self-publish your works, whether you're uh, an artist, whether you're an author, 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 author. Uh, whatever you want to do, make a calendar, whatever. Put it up on lulu.com. They'll self-publish it for you. It's uh, uh, buying on demand, so you don't have to stockpile a bunch of books in your house and wait for people to come buy it. It's buy on demand. You can do a paperback. You can do an ebook. I did a book back in 2006, 2007, which was a memoir of sorts where I kind of made confessions to my now ex-wife as to uh, some of the things that we both did to hurt each other. And... I think it's a great book to introduce into maybe a relationship uh, to try and figure out what you should maybe do or not do to have a great relationship. So go check it out. It's at lulu.com slash Dales Inc. The name of the book is It's All Fun and Games Until. It's All Fun and Games Until. Welcome to Craft Conversations, where we craft conversation and we talk a little bit about craft beer. I, we, we are your hosts. It's not just about me. We are your hosts, Brian Dales. I'm Steampunk Jesus. Otherwise known as... Caleb Choir. Right. And on this episode, we had Chris Thylan. We finally figured out how to say his name. <laughs> and he is a bartender... Just Connoisseur. whirlwind extravaganza tour around town guy, right? Soon to be entrepreneur. Right. He's uh, at the Tin Roof. He's at Coast. He's at Oak Road. He maybe even guest bartended at other places. He's just all around town. He's about to open House of Brews, West Ashley. Mm-hmm. Enjoy this episode.
recording? We are recording. Can you uh, turn the headphone <coughs> amplifier on? Woo! Got it. Bingo, bango. Check. Can you hear yourself? Ah, uh, no. Can you not turn really. it up? Uh, the battery die already? Uh, okay, that's good. Hello, hello, hello. Good check, good. check, check. Ooh, I can hear you now. You can hear me? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Hello? No, I can hear you. Nice. Everybody's on. Go ahead and talk, Chris. Hi, I'm Chris. Check, check, check. Oh, you're you good. Coming through good? Good. You're good. Brian? Hello, hello. You're good, too? Yellow. And we can do this later. All right. Did you want me to? I didn't even look for the ant. I texted Tommy to see if he would do the ant. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know if Chris would explain anything, but whatever. <laughs> we can take a break and deal with that if we need to. Okay. That sounds good. <clears throat> Definitely. I'm excited, man. You me know, too. This is fun. You were one of the uh, original guests that we have on like a, a list that we oh, really? with stuff. That's awesome, man. Purely because we, we just figured you have good bar stories. Oh, man. I think you would have an excellent, just, just enough to fill two hours worth of fun. Oh, man, probably. Yeah, see, I figured. <laughs> or to have you come back on multiple times. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was kind of the original plan, to have some regulars come back back and forth throughout the, uh, the year. Yeah, that's what we were talking about outside, too. Was it? Yep. Yeah. Sorry about the chair, man. Oh, no, this is good. I'm trying to get the mic somewhere where I can kind of get into it. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. professional yeah well we found with these guys to not get right on it because mm-hmm. it catches your like breath and your nose and everything so kind of to the side is a little better with these guys that one you got to kind of be right on it but yeah oh, oh, oh. exactly gotta yep. eat it gotta take it <laughs> whole mouth so it. I feel a little weird because it's been like a week since we've done this we, I think, we I were th- knocking them out like one after another and kind of got into a groove and now I feel kind of weird <laughs> a week I feel like it's been maybe two it feels like a long time. Yeah. It seems like you guys are traveling there, too, just yeah. keeping up with the guys on you know, social media and everything. Yeah, that was the last time we did it was um, Slayton. Yeah, so I think Blue Sphere was the last one on the 27th of May. Right. And then on the... Th- yeah, that was two weeks ago. On the 4th was Slayton, which we did in Gatlinburg. Mm-hmm. So this is the first one post that, so about two weeks. It's been since we've been in the been studio. Close to it. Mm-hmm. Knock the rust off. Right? <laughs> so I'm saying, Absolutely. We didn't get the temperature turned down at times. So now I'm like burning up. Really? Dude, I, th- I think it feels no, great. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, it's better than being outside. Ew. Oh, boy. Especially now that it's well, rained a little bit. Like yeah. the, the moment nice and, it almost rains, nice the humidity jumps up and it's just like a smothering heat. Yeah. It's awful. It's but. like wearing a Ziploc baggie, you know? You're just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> I always feel like I'm swimming, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We got the camera going from here, Chris, so if you want um, that right in front of your face, that's fine. I don't think anybody you. wants to see me that close. No? Yeah, I don't think it matters, man, in okay. my opinion. Because yeah. you can see them here. Look, uh, all I'm, of the, the fine features are <laughs> in frame. I'm, I'm beaming you. over here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and where'd you come in from? From West Ashley. So you live in West Ashley? Yeah, I live in West Ashley. Yeah, I grew up in West Ashley, too. Yeah, my mom, you know, lived on that side of town. So it's always been home. And we appreciate you driving this far. Yeah, no problem. A little bit of a trek and traffic to deal with coming this direction this not, time of day. Not if you leave early and go for go have a beer. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we did. We had a beer. Home yeah. Brew House. 
Uh, had to go plug. see Caleb. Every episode. Mm-hmm. That's an annual plug. plug. They were supposed to drink right there, too, so there's a social Ooh, for true. us. I'll drink some water. Yeah, perfect. Oh, man. Uh, I kind of like the segue to beer, but... I, we could segue segment. to beer. I, th- I think so. I think it's time to open a beer already. Do you see that? First, almost every time. I mean, we have... Uh, yeah, we're right into it. But we got... Who do we have here today? Chris. Mm-hmm. Filan. Filan. Try it. What? Filan. Filan. What are you going with? Filan. It's Filan. Damn ah, it. No. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure. Neither one of us were. Nobody was. Oh, let's yeah, nobody does. Yeah. 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 I'll mess it up later on. I guarantee it. But. Oh, I guarantee so that Filan. too. So... And we don't even know what Chris does. We kind of do. I mean, you're just like a bartender aficionado. Kind of, I mean, guy, yeah, right? I was a gun for hire for years, just hopping around and, you know, helping a bunch of people get places up and running and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, I helped with the Oak Road guys when they first opened because. I think that's where I first yeah. met you. Yep. Might have been homegrown, either Oak Road or homegrown. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, those guys uh, coming from, you know, the military and, and their, you know, with Brian being a nurse with their background, you know, they didn't really have a whole lot of the food and beverage aspect. So I got in there and, you know, show them the ropes and how to, you know, introduce the beers and things like that. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. And now you're about to get a self promotion. Well, oh, no. <laughs> you're right. All right. Well, we Everything in due we'll time. Do. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So that kind of gets us started. But first, Jeez. you brought a couple beers with you and we appreciate it. Yeah. Um, that's always the best part of the show is people Thank bringing you. us you. beer. Oh, yeah. And uh, we got one to share as well. But um, which I don't want to start know. with. Um, I don't know. You guys want to go. Yes. I was thinking the pale and then to the. Well, the pale is a sour. Oh, it's so, a sour. Yeah, do you oh, want to yeah, do it? Okay. Yeah. So either way, we're going. Do you want to start with something a little crisp and refreshing, or you want to go straight into? Well, the sour is pretty crisp and refreshing too. But I know where you're going. Let's start with yeah. the farmhouse. You got it. Okay. Cool. So. Figure out where it is here. Yep. Ooh, ooh, ooh! I like that label. All right, so we have a Saison Dupont mm-hmm. from, I don't know how you say that, brewery, brasserie. Yeah, brasserie. Brasserie mm-hmm. Dupont. It's a Saison farmhouse ale, mm-hmm. 6.5% ABV, 30 IBUs, 3.75 rating on untapped, which is what we normally go by. Saison Dupont, Saison Dupont <laughs> is a world classic beer and the yardstick for one of Belgium's most important beer styles. It is the most admired and intimidated, imitated not intimidated. Saison's in the world. A strong, vital yeast <laughs> is key to a full attenuation and thus to the style. Saison Dupont is straw-colored with a dense, creamy head. The nose is alive, like fresh raised bread. Estuary with citrus and spice notes. Full-bodied and malty. It sparks on the palate. It finishes with a zesty hop and citrus attack. Incredibly compatible with food, which we do not have. <laughs> I totally stopped listening like halfway through that. Yeah, we always complain at the beginning of this podcast was starting this thing that there wasn't enough descriptions and un- untapped and now I'm getting kind of tired of these long descriptions so we need a good balance first world problem you're right in the middle somewhere <laughs> this one does not have a double cage on it did you see that during Caleb's episode where it had like a double cage on the bottom we we had to like cut it off really yeah it wouldn't open up oh, I tried it Caleb tried it Boop. Boop. oh there we that. go. Oh, 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 watch out for your phone. Yeah. <laughs> you are, dude. Look We're at already that. breaking things. That's the best. Getting wild in here tonight. That was crazy. Oh, That's thank the first you. time we've had a, a pot and an explosion. 
I mean, not the first time. <laughs> With the beard. Maybe on camera, at least. Well, so, maybe not. I realized that I need I was going to need to bring some beers to share with you guys, but I also didn't realize that, you know, I've kind of gotten out of the beer trading scene, so I've really depleted my cellar. And then I started thinking about, oh, there you go. Thank you. Then I started thinking about, man, why don't we just do some old school beers that, you know, are are pretty much classic examples to what a lot of American craft brewers are copying nowadays. Um and, and this one was when I was thinking about it earlier and, you know, I just, I ran over to total wine this afternoon and grabbed these, you know, oh. it was, yeah, it was, it, it wasn't like I had to do any hunting for these bad boys. It's just, you know, so much in here. Yeah. yeah it's seven fifty. So and these little 12 ounce glasses, it'll eat it up. Yeah. There we go. Now we got, it. yeah. So Saison DuPont, this is uh super duper old school. This is what I think of, you know, this is, in my mind, the Keystone Saison. This is what most American Saison, uh, you know, uh, uh, brewers or, you know, brewers that are trying to make a great Saison. This is the beer that they're not necessarily trying to copy, Ooh. but uh, this is what you were saying. This is what uh, intimidates them. Yeah. <laughs> you want to cheers it? Yeah, we'll cheers. Yeah. All right, well, let me, let me get this ready. Everything must be documented so I can lose it later. <clears throat> We're gonna cheers, cheers to cheers. intimidation. Cheers to intimidation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great hay nose on Ooh. this beer. Yeah, that smells wonderful. Mm -hmm. You get a little bit of like almost like a peach underneath it. That's what he said. <laughs> what did Caleb say that one episode? Horse blanket? Mm -hmm. I don't even know how, what a horse blanket smells like, or what I would even think it would. Smell. I mean, uh, that's a uh, horse blanket is something you'll get a lot when you hear about like those barnyardy type super duper funky hay type of things um uh it's it's actually called capybaric acid and it gives it almost it's funny um one of the uh one of the beer books i think it actually might be tasting beer which is pretty much the the study guide the syllabus so to speak uh for the cicerone right. you know hmm. uh, for the certified test which Highly recommend you read that book. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, Tasting beer. Uh, Randy Mosher is the guy's name. Get on Amazon. You can get a used copy for like. I mean, I found a used copy with Prime, and it was like eight bucks. Ooh. But fantastic book. Highly recommend it. Uh, definitely bad. to all your listeners. Tasting beer. Tasting beer. Yeah. We Randy, know. Randy Mosher. I M O S E R. Like sorry. I feel like we have to do our research now. You know, keep ourselves, our knives sharp. Oh yeah. yeah. People but, uh, are holding us accountable. <laughs> this is great, man. Yeah, really, it really is good beer. But you, I mean, you notice how high the attenuation is, like how dry this beer is, and how scrubbing yeah. it is on the palate. This is what they were talking about. Like, this this is pretty much built for any type of big time cheeses, you know, anything, oh. any type of uh, 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 oily food, you know, because it's so scrubbing, it's not going to keep it on your palate too right. long. Um, also, think about some raw oysters with this, with like a really nice, like a vinaigrette, like a mignonette. Hard pass. Oh, I, hmm. I can deal with that. With yeah. beer. I'm not I'm well, big on them by, myself, or by themselves, but if I pair them with a beer or something like this. I'll I be honest, I've never had them paired with beer, so. Yeah, it's either a PBR or something. I'd try it. Yeah, yeah. No, next time, um, like, uh, you know, when the season comes around, you know, in football season, we know that's always when you're doing the oyster roasts and stuff like that. 
Uh, next time you go to your buddy's house, it's like, yeah, man, we're doing oysters. Instead of grabbing that 12-pack of PBR or whatever that you're just going to pound for oysters, get something good. Get, you know, like a big Belgian or something like that. Mm. And it, it really, really changes the dynamic of even something as, you know, especially being here in the South, you know, as an oyster roast. And kind of, you know, that kind of changes the game. Yeah. You know? Well, actually, uh, Blackwater... That place I set up my artwork every Friday night mm-hmm. also does, I think, a monthly oyster roast on Saturday that I set up art booth. So that yeah. might have been what was. I have access to oysters. Next time, dude. I just have to throw something good in your cooler. Get some balls and go suck one down. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say you want to suck down some balls? No, I said grow some balls and suck oh, one down. Grow some balls and suck them down. Yeah. <laughs> That's a trailer. Well, this is, never mind. Yeah. Let's move on. Okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Yeah, but this is delicious. You no, know, they very good. even mentioned yeah, on the label the whole uh, good to drink during a hot summer day, and I agree. Very refreshing, yeah. bright. Yeah, just, but it's also, I mean, it's kind of dangerous. It's six and a half percent too. You know, uh, it. I, I think just because it, it's such a like a bone dry beer, it kind of it, it it almost masks that that boozy quality. Right. Yeah. Toward the toward the back end though, the longer it sits, uh, just with the one sip, I can I can feel the alcohol though i think it kind of creeps up on you can get it yeah back in it, it, it kind of gets a little prickly yeah so this place was founded in 1950 Damn. over in uh belgium mm-hmm. microbrewery i mean was that like 60 something years yeah 67 oh. 68 what Nin- year is it 1990s <laughs> they added bakery and cheese making facilities so they make uh, bread and cheese there as well they pair with this so that's good well, I mean, if you're making beer, you're practically already making bread, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they say. At least I have no idea. I've never <laughs> brewed beer, ever. I want to, Somebody though. was telling yeah. me. I think it was the guys at Oak Road. They just made a beer, and they just threw bread into the fermenter. That's awesome. Yeah. I can't remember what he was making, but something for this World Cup of beers that they're doing. Kristen's bread? Excuse me? Was it Kristen's bread or Nick's bread? No. No? I don't remember what bread they said they used. Was it was just Wonder Bread. Wonder Bread? I would say that. <laughs> that's, even, that's even cooler. You know? Yeah, that would be kind of cool. The but, Wonder Beer. A buddy of mine has a, like a tiny little shed. It's almost like a garage, and it looks like it was made to be a garage, but it's like a townhouse in Nexton, so it's not a garage. It's like a tiny shed. Yeah. And it's like bare. I'm like, dude, we should make beer in here. He's like, I've never done that. And I'm like, I've never made beer. We have space for it now. We got to do it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm very curious. My mom actually got me, oh, it's so sweet, a uh, home brewing book right over there. And yeah, Brian's got yeah. plenty. Yeah, I've got quite a few of them over there. But. And I know so many so many people that brew already. So Yeah, and I mean. Saison is my next uh, beer, as a matter of fact. Nice. Like I'm ready ready to roll. We're going to call it a Saison because we're going to brew it in the same garden. Oh, that's so awesome. Maybe put some green tea or some oolong or something. Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah. And that's, I mean, once you add something like that in secondary fermentation, it's just with, especially with Saison's, yeah. those flavors are going to be so pronounced. Yeah, it'd be huge for you. And are you going to help? I mean, if you let me. Yeah, once we get it going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got to learn sometime, right? Yeah. Let me stir. There we go. I'm really good at stirring. <laughs> so you've brewed before. I have. You help brew, full mm-hmm. brew, home brew. Mm-hmm. All of it? It's, yeah, uh, homebrewed for a while, you know, helped up at Oak Road for a while. Uh, I fill in a Coast uh, Brewing Company up in North Charleston. I don't help them brew pretty much uh, more, you know, they, they call me in when they need help canning, and I work in their tasting room one day a week. 
Oh, so nice. um, but yeah, I've I've definitely been there and and watched all aspects of everything that they do, and it's just it's, it's so fascinating watching those guys at coast. And you well, know, we heard we mentioned in one episode, right, that they rent their canning machine. Do they still rent the machine, or do they own it now? Uh, no, they um, yeah, they it pretty much is a renting service. It's a it's a mobile canning company. It's called uh, Ironheart Canning. They're based out of Asheville, and um, it started as a small company. This guy bought a box truck and essentially just it's a mobile canning line it's a forehead can filler so it does four cans at a time um but you can load it up in a box truck and drive it to a brewery and it's pretty much three big pieces and you just connect them and it's uh, it's a mobile conveyor belt and you Uh hook a hose right up to your bright tank and it pulls the beer off right into the filling heads and you're filling cans and it you know puts the lid on it you know, crimps it down. It's mm-hmm. it's it's really really cool to see. It's it's one of those like you know that that mildly fascinating or all those things you see on Facebook where it's just like so soothing to watch everything come together. Mm-hmm. Like n- no one is unhappy on canning day because it's just like it's so cool <laughs> to just watch. It's mesmerizing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so they come in, they can everything off. Uh, all those uh, you know the six pack holders that you have to stamp on top of the cans. It's all done by hand. So the end of the day your palms are sore because you just right, been you just stomping down. those down and next time they do that me. call me if you're going to be there yeah text me call me something yeah it's, know, it, i'd like to come down and see it no oh, absolutely it would be a really cool thing for y'all to get some footage and definitely kind of kind of see you know how it's done yeah it's, it's yeah. really cool but yeah so they um they come into town about every other week and while they're down here i want to say i think coast was their first account in this area um, and I mean, I, I may be wrong. Don't quote me on this, but last I checked, I know, well, I know Frothy Beard's using them. Um, Revelry, I think one other brewery is, is using mobile canning in the yeah, area as well. Yeah, I can't well. remember anybody that can prior to Coast. I mean, like you said, I think they might've been the first ones to use them here locally because Palmetto was bottling. They, they hadn't started canning until just recently. Right? Yeah. And I mean, all of their cans are done out of Florida with their contract brewery that they have down there. Yeah. And that's been a deal that they've had in place. I mean, the Pilsner and the and the Porter. Yeah, so yeah, they, that's all. So it's, they put it in kegs and ship it down. No, or? they um they just have a contract down there. They ship them the recipe and they replicate the recipe down there. And it's, oh, it's okay. Palmetto beer, but it's just uh yeah, all the cans that you see in the market are. So it's a satellite brewing company that yep. they just can mm-hmm. distribute it from. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah, there's a really big factory down in Florida that does a lot. As far as you know, the water they're using down there and what we use up here. Oh no, I mean. Most breweries uh, are, you know, they're they're making sure that their water is correct before it goes in. You know, it, it, pretty much all breweries have uh, a way to manipulate, make their water harder, make it softer okay. for certain beers. You know, um, adding certain fining agents before it even hits the beer to, you know, mimic certain qualities. Um, so yeah, they can they can dial all of that in, make wow. sure everything's correct. Okay, yeah. that's good. Very interesting. I mean, that used to be one of the discerning factors of beer was where you were located in the water that you had. But yeah, I mean, if you, you go you can manipulate that, you can kind of copy anybody's style. You go to Oak Road over in the corner where the mop sink is. There's there's a water purifying system right there built onto the wall. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's if you think about it, water is ninety five percent of what we're drinking. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have that source right, and you know, if you if you look through the history of beer. That's what made certain styles what they are. If you look at the pale ale, you know, um, one of the one of the things. I mean, take for example, probably the 
you know, the, the flagship in my mind, the, the, the Paramount uh, Pale Ale uh, made in America is Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale, Green Label Beer, you know? Yep. It's the beer that took me from, okay, I like Pete's Wicked Ale and I like Sam Adams. First time I was Sierra Nevada, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, this is, like, it was one of those things where it was just like, that this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I'm right there in the same, same spot as you. Yeah. Sierra I mean, Nevada and, uh, Anchor uh, Steam Beer. Anchor Steam, yeah. Good one uh-huh. got me kind of started into Absolutely, that yeah. And then, I mean, I remember uh, when the Pop the Cap Law happened in South Carolina in 2006, uh, you know, the Total Wine in West Ashley just opened, uh, and that was at the only place to get beer. Yeah. So the, the first thing that really hit the market were, were Belgian beers like this. Like, I remember having this beer, you know, 12 years ago for the first time because it was the first, you couldn't get beer in South Carolina over 6%, 6.5. I was like... Well, it's got to be better. And I tried it. I was just like, holy <laughs> shit. This is, this, this is mind-blowing because no one was doing Belgian beers in the United States, really. I mean, you had a couple of breweries that specialized in it, but, I mean, Omegong, for example, and, and look at New Belgium. Yeah. Um, I mean, New Belgium built their reputation on basically being that's, – that's why they're called New Belgium. They copied those old-school Belgian recipes and did them in Colorado. For the longest time, I thought Omegain was actually from Belgium. And then my younger brother corrected me one day and said, you don't have a Belgian beer. That's made in New York. Yeah, it's made in Cooper. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> the time, I had a cool beer. The funny thing is, is that you know who just purchased Omegain a couple of years ago? Duvel Morgat, which is the biggest Belgian craft. Oh. You know, nice. I mean, you, you know Duvel. That. Yeah, that's yeah. a flattery if I've ever heard of it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it's huge. But I mean, and uh, they also own um, all those guys over there. Boulevard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, they got that Germany, money in Belgium. that European market, man. Mm-hmm. Countries, places. Yeah. yeah. Well, now they're opening up, too, right? I mean, I haven't been to Germany. I've never been there, but I know they have the German purity laws, but they're, they're branching out now, too, and getting away from all those original laws, right? Aren't they doing oh, yeah. They, they overruled those, uh, I want to say it was late 80s, early 90s. Oh, that far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the problem is, is that, I mean, you know the way the Germans are. They're real strict on what they do. So even <laughs> though they could change them, it's like, yeah. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, who doesn't love a, just an amazing German beer? Like, yeah. in, in the summer, yeah. Pilsner, you know? You yeah. get done cutting the grass, boom. Yeah. You know? Well, we're talking about stuff that got us started, in the, you know, in the craft beer scene. That's We've talked about it before. That's one of the big things that got me started was the traditional classic cloudy hefeweizen you know mm-hmm. from a from a nice british pub or a, an irish pub or something yeah i used to love those and now i don't really like them at all but that's kind of what got me started and i had the big, um, heavy craft beers that's so really weird yesterday actually one of the brewers i was talking to from tradesmen had uh their transmission fluid i think is what they call it <laughs> it's a beet and ginger hefeweizen really that yeah. sounds good. That sounds really it good. It was pretty. It had that earthy beet. beet I was going to say that's the thing with beet. It seems like every beet beer I've had, it 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 the it doesn't seem like the beet would impart that much flavor, but it's just like it's huge. Yeah, yeah. it tastes yeah. like you're drinking the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, like when you eat a salad, you just feel healthy. Like this is healthy for some reason. It's, <laughs> it's got that healthy thing. That's what you think about when you drink this. Plus, with the ginger, it gives like a little heat to it. Mm-hmm. But that's not overpowering either. It was really well balanced, and mm. it's like pink as you can imagine. Yeah. So basically, you were juicing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was rejuvenating myself. Yeah. <laughs> getting some some vitamins from yeah. the beets. <clears throat> Did you do hot yoga afterwards? No, because you know thunderstorms. So I did wet yoga. <laughs> 
as I sat in a seat and ate a hot dog like a fatty. <laughs> yes, I would eat this hot dog. So they have food down there now? Oh, it's just, it was a, uh, like a... Food truck? Th- no, it was a thank you party. Okay. That's where I was at. Where did you think I was? Tradesman. Oh, no. So I was at a party that the brewer from Tradesman was at. Okay. He's not the head brewer. His name is uh, Kevin... Kevin something. Good. Sorry, Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> you have to get Kevin on the podcast now. Yeah, so you can learn to. his last name. I know. I have it in my phone, but I don't want to whip it out. Yeah, yeah. But it was, it was just very strange. You know, it's been yeah. a while since I had Hefeweizen. You know, they have a thicker body. They fill me up more when I try oh, to drink sure. them. Yeah, the wheat. It's yeah. huge on them. Yeah, yeah. But it was, that was a weird one. That's for sure. I had to share. We have to get down there. Are they officially open yet? You probably know more than we do. But. I, you know, I don't know. I did see um, uh, Chris Wynn, one of the owners. Uh, which, if you don't know Chris Wynn, go down to Tradesman and just introduce yourself. He's one of my favorite people in the the Charleston craft beer scene. He's just, he's an amazing dude. He's one of those people that like you can be in the worst mood in the world and have a conversation with him and walk away from that conversation and be like. Damn, I feel better about myself right now. <laughs> nice. um, but um, I, I saw he posted a picture over the weekend of the front, and it looks like they've just got everything like just newly landscaped. Oh. Which last time I saw it, it was, I mean, it was pretty much a warehouse parking lot up off of uh, you know that North Meeting area. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the picture I saw the other day, it looks beautiful up there. So I don't know. I, I don't think they've released like a grand opening yet. But I know that they have been open on, like, Saturdays and Sundays, like, you know, I think from, like, noon to 4 or 5 or something, doing tasting room hours. Yeah, for sure. They've definitely been doing business. I just didn't know if they've done a grand opening or they're still soft opening. Yeah. I think they've just been kind of feeling it out. Yeah, I don't know how many tanks they have up and running up there yet, like, making dude. beer. I know they've, they've still been making stuff at their old facility. Right. So. Oh, like they're open. Yeah. They have, uh, they're, they're still fixing, uh... Like the like the bar and tasting room is open, but they're still trying to get like the rest of the stuff in there too. Like he said, like three weeks max, and everything will be perfect exactly what they That's want. That's awesome. They have they jump from like a, I want to say it was like a twelve or fifteen barrel system to a sixty barrel system. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah, it is. They have giant huge. silos. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that that blew my mind. That's a leap. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. That, that's nuts. But it's 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 great for them. I'm I'm really excited for that whole team over there, Scott and Sergey. They're they're all awesome, awesome people. And to see to see what they've done, and you know, especially that whole area up there, man. You know, I haven't been. Dude, there's I mean, like there's like five or six breweries right there within. Go. I mean, Keep within a stone's about. throw. Yeah. Well, you should meet us down there sometime. No, definitely. I mean, it's from where I'm at in West Ashley. It's from that whole brewing district. I. think think i'm like 10 minutes away perfect like all i have to do is go across the north bridge right there at cosgrove yeah and then you know uh, take sprawl and head down that way and i'm there yeah it's gotta be a weekend day then mm-hmm. which my weekend's just opened up yeah true so we have we're to gonna have... do it we're gonna go down and do a hop you're right <clears throat> just hit everything you want you want to maybe try and do next week actually sure. by the time this actually when will this come out you have to do your math over there. I know. I didn't write any of them down because they're on the website. Well, we got Scott and Tommy on Friday, and then Slayton's right after him, right? On so Tuesday. I think... Are we that? Joey Oops. comes out on Friday. Joey's tomorrow. Oh, my God. You're right. 
So yeah, that, that would be next next weekend. I think so. I think next Friday. So by the quick. time people hear this, we will maybe be out right now. Yeah, I mean, let me see what the date is. Mm-hmm. If I'm not working, we could definitely choreograph the eleventh. Do a little bar hop. Twelfth. Today's the eleventh. Eleventh. Eleventh and days, man. I don't keep up with days anymore. I mean, I have to because we have appointments. <laughs> but I, try, I lose track. I have to look at my physically look at my watch or my calendar to see what day it is. Cause I do the same thing. Yeah, if it's not negative. That's how I don't work at nine to five Monday to Friday anymore. So it's just like I lose track of the days. You guys use a planning like a planner on your phone? No, oh, I just use the, the, the app calendar. calendar. See, yeah. I did that for a while too. And uh, someone recently, Dan Riley, suggested I do Google Calendar. Yeah, you can add like colors and all kind of different things oh, to it. Oh, I love it. it. Yeah. I've noticed people that have suggested that as well. But You know, it's funny because I use so much with uh, Google Drive. I don't know why I don't right. use Calendar as well. I should probably do that. And it's great because you can link it's it right to there. different email addresses. Yeah. And you can shut different ones off so you can only see certain events. Like, okay, so like when am I scheduled for craft? Like when do we have <coughs> podcasts? And I can erase all of the things. You can only see what's lined up. I love it. It's so far, it's, and it's very visually appealing. Okay. So it makes you want to so, look at yeah. it. Yeah. And that's what I dig about all the other Google apps that I use, you know, with Drive and Sheets and all that. Yeah. It's just, it, it, it's so easy to customize on your phone, too. It's great. I love it. I have to look into it. It's good, I still man. haven't done a lot with any of the Google stuff, to be honest with you. I'm still stuck on this, whatever's on the Apple phone, but. Uh, Google Drive is everything to me. I use it so much. Yeah, my son uses it quite a bit. He sends me stuff on Google Books or something, Google uh, Drive, Google. He sends shit on something. Docs, Sheets. They have everything you could possibly <laughs> well, imagine. It, it, I mean, it's pretty much all the uh, Microsoft Office stuff for free. Yeah. Right. So, oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and that you used to have to like find someone who has the disc that had like a certain amount of shares right. on it. And yeah. Like, oh yeah, can I can yeah. I download Use your that? Copy? Yeah. Please, yeah. sir, may I have a copy? Like, what do you really need this? I have nothing else to write a Word document on. And then when I was in the military, you know, all the branches of the military use Windows, so they use Office, obviously. So they want you to be able to use Office so you can go home and do work for them, you know, on the off the clock on their on your time. Mm-hmm. So they give you a disk for free and say, here, oh, go home and put Office on your computer. Okay, now, while you're at home, do this Excel spreadsheet and do this PowerPoint and do this stuff. So it's all a ha, gotcha. farce. Yeah. yeah, they got you. Exactly. Bunch of... Bunch of government guys yeah I think that <laughs> speaks for itself yeah that's why I gave that up I don't blame you I don't blame you at all I'm adjusting my mic I know Slayton's gonna get mad at me but I think he's gonna enjoy it just put these mics back up because we've been out of town so I'm trying to get so right. like you had it way over here I moved it over here earlier because it was way too close but yeah I didn't know where you wanted I don't use it <clears throat> were anyway. you in the military no I wasn't my dad was in the air force though so okay. I was an air force brat for you know, 18 years growing up. How many locations you hit? Jeez, born in California, Philippines, Miami. Uh, then uh, my dad was at a Tyndall Air Force Base in Panama City, New Hampshire, Langley Air Force Base, hmm. um, Sumter, South Carolina, Ooh. Fayetteville, North Carolina. Ooh. <laughs> then I finished high school up there and came down here to go to college. And yeah. my dad ended up retiring same time, and he moved down here and started working for the county. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah. They called that Vietnam. That's what they called it. Okay. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I guess it's rough up there. Damn. <laughs> yeah. That's what you always heard. 
Do you yeah, have like Vietnam. a fondest place that brings you the most like nostalgia and happiness? Yeah, you know, I lived in New Hampshire from the ages of like eight to eleven. And that was right at the time where snowboarding became popular. Yeah. And up there it snowed all the time. Yeah. And it's pretty hilly. So, I mean, we had hills in the backyard. So I just remember, you know, living in New Hampshire, freezing my ass off as a kid <clears throat> and snowboarding in the backyard like all winter long. Do you have a Does bird that board? mountains go through there? What? Go all, all the way to Maine, right? Dude, mm-hmm. I am not a geography person. Yeah. They do. Yeah, right there. The White Mountains yeah. in, in New Hampshire. You cut you off, but... Oh, I was asking, did you have a Burton board? No, I don't even remember what kind. This was like early, early days. This was probably like 87, I 88. <laughs> I listened to a, um, it was a How I Built This, and the guy who built the Burton brand mm-hmm. was one of the first innovators of surf, uh, not surfboards, snowboards. Mm-hmm. He copied one of, like, it was a really cheap edition. It was, I mean, he's definitely the biggest brand, for sure. Snowboarding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just, I didn't know. He was like the only one for a while, and no one caught on. I don't know. It was a very interesting podcast. I just, I thought that would be crazy if you used the same. Oh man, that would, yeah. I could only imagine if I was a kid and I had like some old school Burton board that's now worth tons. I mean, look at those guys that like my tattooist collects skateboard decks, and he's always, you know, talking about you know all this stuff that he finds on eBay of all these old boards that are in pristine condition that are going for like thousands of dollars. Oh man, yeah. Dude, it's I, just yeah. I really got into skateboard designs for a while. When I was in middle school, I thought I was going to grow up and design skateboards. Hmm. That would be pretty cool. Just find some old boards and do some art on them. I could do that. Yeah. I, I got to find the old boards. Yeah. That aren't like cracked <laughs> yeah, in half. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's hard yeah, to do. Yeah. I mean, but it'd be cool if there were like notches in them. They're obviously Make used. it cooler that way. Yeah. It's uh, Craigslist post, I mm-hmm. think. There's too many things I got to keep up with. I never got into skateboarding. Dude. I, mean, I, I had one, but I never really got good at it. I, you know, I could just go straight. I didn't do any tricks or anything. That's half the I could battle. maybe pop it up and, you know, grab it, get it off the ground, look cool. <laughs> that was about it. <laughs> your, uh, it your level of look cool is pretty low. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I will say, if you miss the board, like if you pop it up and miss, that is the most embarrassing thing. Yeah. It's worse than falling when trying to do a trick, because at least you're trying to do a trick. Or when you accidentally hurts yourself by trying to do a trick like really really bad for something that you could have avoided yeah <laughs> did that happen oh no. man i can't tell you how many times i'd, I'd miss tricks and like smack myself in the shin <clears throat> you know i've we got more into bmx biking we had you know quarter That's pikes cool. and half pikes in the back or pipes in the back of people's yards and we just were on their bicycles and a couple guys throw a, a skateboard up there but we we're more about the bikes that's cool too at that point i did bike skateboard and learn like skating, like grinded and stuff, like razors, the scooters, razor scooters, so many things. It was a little past my time. My kids were into those, but hell yeah, man, they were hot when they first came out. <laughs> I mean, I'm making a resurgence right now. I think, so. you, you get those on Christmas Day in South Carolina. You know it's about sixty degrees outside. It's not too bad, but when you're a little kid, it's cold. You yeah. don't, you don't got the thermal heating that you get when you grow up. We're still out there bundled up, just like on a razor, just. Crying our tears or just like <laughs> whipping us in the face, like we're going so fast. <laughs> a little razor scooter yeah. hurts but to breathe because it's so cold. <laughs> best of times, yeah. Then you run into Christmas like that with brand new bikes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Same thing, you're out there just bundled up and you say wind burn and mm-hmm. your eyes are frozen together. <laughs> yeah. 
definitely, man. That's awesome. But you had to get out there, man. You couldn't get out there and oh, yeah. ride. Actually, bike. Well, yeah. speaking of uh, wind-burning coldness, how good did you get at snowboarding, and do you still snowboard? Oh, I haven't snowboarded in years. Mm-hmm. And I think the main thing is, is that, like, living here, we really don't, it's, you know, got to pretty much get all the way up into Virginia and West Virginia to, you know, get some decent, you know, ski slopes and whatnot. And it's just, it's far, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you I got lucky. My my grandparents had a mountain house up in Boone, North Carolina. For oh, very cool. 40 years of my life. I started skiing when I was five years old up there. So it was convenient. Well, not wasn't convenient. It was still four and a half to five hours away, but convenient to be able to drive up there every season and have a place to stay for free and uh, ski all year. So I never snowboarded, but skied pretty much my entire life so far. I feel like I would be a snowboarder. I've never tried. Yeah. I mean, if you're a skateboarder, probably that's a good progression. Easy, yeah. I mean, the time I started, there wasn't snowboards. I had no choice, and I had no desire to go to it. I don't blame you. I mean, if uh, you can ski and you have fun skiing, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly, yeah. Right, if it ain't broke, because I'm sure I'll drop something. That's kind of a dumb statement. Because you can always improve something. I mean... I mean, I might Wooden roller snowboard coasters. one time and I'm sold. I'm like, freak skiing. Or fuck. You got to at least try it freak. then. Fuck skiing. It's in a clean podcast. Discuss if you want You got to at least try it then. You know, yeah. Life is all about experiences. I probably will. But every time I go and I say, okay, I'm going to rent me a board today. I just, I'm like, why? I got my own skis and poles and boots in the car. Why am I renting a snowboard? Yeah, that is a good point though too. If you already have the gears, no yeah. sense in spending more money. Experiences. I, just, I know. Well, there, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I really thought about it when I got my kids into to snow when we were in Alaska. My youngest son decided to be a snowboarder. My oldest son decided to follow me and be a skier. So I kind of should have done it th- at that point so I could share the experience with both of them. You know, one was a skier, one was a snowboarder. But and now I suck as a parent. Yeah, you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they hate me forever. <laughs> well, at least, at least Alec, you know, you don't snowboard with them. You hate them. Yeah. Screw you, Dad. <laughs> My oldest up in Alaska right now, as a matter of fact. First time he's been back since we left in 2011 in uh, the summertime. The sky's so, falling out, apparently. Yeah. It sounds like it is. We missed there. a big storm yesterday. Right right when we pulled off the river at Earl's Place, uh, kayaking on the Anastasia yesterday, the sky dropped out. Big storm was following us the whole time. We pulled out just in time. It hit us at Isle of Palms. I like when I we were... <laughs> Maybe 40 yards? Yeah, because you asked where we were and how the river was because it was already raining where you were. Lightning hit like on the beach. Oh, jeez. And almost immediately you heard that crack and we all about just emptied our bowels right where we were sitting. Yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah. I love a good thunderstorm. I'm a big fan. I don't like it when I'm on water. Growing up, well... Yeah, that's never fun. No, no, that's terrifying. Not as terrifying as night rafting. Do you like? We haven't talked about that since that since that. Well, moment. yeah, you've been, we talked uh, about it on that podcast. I've, I, you know, I've never been rafting, and I mean, I I know Slayton as well. Um, and a couple times I've you know talked to him via text message and whatnot. He's been like, dude, you got to come out, you got to come out, Tennessee. I've got a business and I'd card for you. I'd love to do it. I'd you love to do it. To you you have to do it, man. It's I that was my it first looks time amazing. going with him, and yeah. he is an impeccable like guy like he takes it very serious he's I could see to him. the point it's not like a jokey time where like oh we might die it's yeah. very professional yeah I loved it I, he allowed me to really enjoy the whole experience without <clears throat> feeling like I was gonna die 
Yeah. Even though after night rafting, I realized it was far more dangerous yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. than he led on me to believe. <laughs> oh, yeah. was, was oh, yeah, I told so many people the same thing that I expected to, yeah, hey guys, just jump in the raft. Here we go. We're going down the river. But he acted like we were in a group of people going rafting for the first time and spelled it all out. Well, granted, I was going rafting. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, but yeah. still, I mean, even still, I thought we were just going to get in a raft, guys. We're just going to go down yeah. the river. But he took it very seriously. He respected the river. He did. Yeah. He's very into sharing the river with nature. It, because if we fuck up, phenomenal. we could kill his ass. I mean, yeah. he needs yeah. to make sure that everybody's on board, literally, on yeah. that boat, you know. Dude, but the whole, like, Gatlinburg scene that he's in, he's not in, like, the touristy area. It's, it's so, like mountain people like like little yeah. cabins and everything just randomly thrown up on a mountain That's side so awesome. it was it's very cool gnarly it was beautiful the air smells different and i don't know what it is it's about the mountains, mountains. yeah yeah i mean it's you know completely different you know lifestyle there yeah like i go to Asheville, go to gatlinburg west west virginia west virginia uh, boone flagstaff arizona all those towns exactly the same super cool the fuck are you waiting on? Hippie-ish. I don't know. I thought we were talking. We were only I talking guess, until you got here. the beer out, right? I'm trying not to make a mess with this one. So what do we got? <laughs> we got uh, this one's probably going to be a little active as well. Okay. And yeah, I figured the other one might have been a little shaken up since we just brought it in. But. Yeah. So this one is Petrus. Petrus. Yeah, Petrus, Petrus Aged Pale. Is so Aged um, Pale? Um, Go ahead. Talk about it if you want. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of, but uh, not the pop singer, but there was a, a, a British beer guy named Michael Jackson. Okay. Um, he was huge. He uh, had a show on... The beer um, Hunter. Yeah, Beer Hunter. It was on PBS for years and years. Uh, you can actually get on YouTube and watch all of the episodes. Um, they're also really, really fantastic. Um, also, if you're a Conan O'Brien fan, way back in the day, he was on Conan... And, I mean, dude, he was half in the bag by the time he got on stage. Right. His fly was down. It's it's nice. hilarious. But it's him sampling Conan O'Brien on a bunch of old beers. And this was, like, in the 90s. You know, it was really, really neat that they even did it. Um, but uh, Michael Jackson uh, is pretty much responsible for the Petrus Aged Pale. And what this beer is, it's a Belgian pale ale that they age over a period of time. So they're using old aged hops to make this. Um... I don't think this is spontaneously fermented. Does it say anything on there about that? Doesn't say anything about that. No. Um, it might just be barrel aged and you know and fermented in the barrels. Yeah, oak fo- oak is what it says. Okay, yeah. So that's where yeah, definitely uh, that's where it's definitely picking up uh, the yeast yeah. up in there. Um, but uh, so what they would do is they would age different series of this beer over a certain period of time and they would blend them together uh and petrus has a whole line of other beers uh of other you know sour beers and whatnot um but michael jackson tried this right out of a photo and was like why don't you guys just sell this as it is it's fantastic Mm -hmm. and that's where the petrus age pale came around um this was a beer that was i mean it's i got this at total wine as well it's always available it's one of those beers that um it, it, it this was one of my gateway into sour beers you know and it's super duper old school and this is another one where a, a lot of american craft brewers uh kind of model some of their stuff af- after this uh, aged pale ale you know but this is what they're trying to mimic before they're putting it into fooders and, you know the fooder that's that's a huge thing with american craft right now you know 
You've got uh, Revelry. They've got a couple of fooders. They're doing huge things right now yeah, with their Wild Ale program. Yeah, I love it. But yeah, this is just a really, really nice golden aged uh, fooder aged pale ale. Yeah, and it says here aged for uh, 18 to 24 months in these fooders. So. Is that standard? Or is it longer? Like, is there an average amount that you, is like suggested to age? Ooh, I love the smell already. Um... You, smell you know, it, sure. it, it really just depends on the maturation rate in that barrel and, you know, what, what your, your cellarman and your brewmaster or, you know, whoever's running your barrel program, um, uh, what they feel is, is, you know, the peak for what that beer, what it should taste like. But a lot of times they're taking these oh, beers sure. out of several different fooders and they're blending them. I'll give you some more of mine, man. Yeah, it's I was going to say, come here. I got a full one. Oh, I'm spilling beer all over the goddamn place. You need some more? <laughs> oh, it's all on my you're, computer. You're I just bought you're this good? keyboard. Oh, dude. Not on the keyboard. <laughs> we usually have paper towels up here. No, I didn't know if there was like a, a set standard, like do it for at least like six months or something for better results with like a year or if it's just purely entire like your ingredients that you put into like the wart. Is it wart? Yeah, the wart. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it really, <laughs> you ran off to go get paper towels, I guess. Oh, yeah. What a slob. I know, right? That's why I we can't have nice more. things. Well, he's gone. We should just go ahead and start drinking with him. We should him. drink his beer. <laughs> <laughs> and right now, Caleb reaches across the table. He'll never know. Oh, that's a lot of backwash, dude. No, no, never. Hey, I'm back, guys. I'll, 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 I'll Good taste. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gonna be fun. That was perfect. Uh, no, You're gonna have we're to just wait talking to find about Petrus Age Pale. Oh, yeah, dude, this it smells so good. Oh, when I was born, I couldn't wait to taste it. Yeah, so I mean, you can almost like it. it it's so tart that you can just smell the tartness mm. right off the rip. It's got that really, really ripe like peach. Yeah, but also because it's a peach, I guess it has like a finishing <coughs> sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. It almost reminds me of uh, like peach rings when you, like when you take a big whiff of the bag, you open up those sugary things. Like, oh, it's gonna be tart, but oh, sweet. It's so sweet. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah? But you almost get a little bit. It's almost medicinal and kind of herbaceous on the nose, though, too. You know. That's what I got when I was pouring it. Yeah. Yeah. That is phenomenal. Isn't that awesome? Oh my gosh. It's hard to, I mean, we're going to have to make a list of our best beers on the show. This would be in the top five, <laughs> at know. least, maybe three. Dude. I'm thinking dude, three. I'm I, thinking the Timmer's, Timmermans, this, and the Rodenbach. Oh, which Timmermans did you guys have? The Oud Goose. Yeah. What year was that? Do you remember? Caleb brought it. He said he drinks it, drinks one every New Year's Eve, and he brought us his last bottle. That that's had. right. Oh, that's awesome. I don't remember the year. I don't remember either. But, I mean, if you uh, yeah, everything I've had from Tim and, uh, Timmermans, they do a, uh, an Oud Creek as well, like a cherry. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was an Oud Goose. I want to say 2015, but I could be wrong. The Rodenbach was 2012. That, uh, that Saison DuPont, I noticed when you were pulling the cork, the cork said 2016. Did it? Yeah. So that had a little stink on it. Yeah. Oh, you could definitely taste it. It was on the cork. Uh, oh, the cork's on the cork. You're going to oh, find it when you vacuum. Oh, there it is. It's over there in the corner. Yeah, but this is phenomenal. Thank you so much for bringing that. No problem, man. And I mean, this is something that you, you could find it. Uh, mm. I guarantee you, you can find this at Bill's as well. Okay. Yeah. And it's just something that, you know, it's it's one of those beers that's it's not going to go bad, so you don't have to worry about it. 
you know, getting all funky like a bunch of IPAs. And and it, it's not a bad price, too. I want to say that was like 11 or 12 bucks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's great. That's, that's yeah, a world-class, you know, uh, a, a, a great aged pale. It's got a nice effervescence, like a champagne-type uh, character to it as well. It kind of blends nicely with it, I think. But, I mean, with the flavor. You know, we were talking about the food pairing with that Saison DuPont. This is another one, you mm-hmm. know. And this, because it has that acidity, you really wanted to cut through some fatty foods. Um think it, it, that honestly with a pulled pork barbecue sandwich and some That's coleslaw what I was thinking. I you know, feel so a little bit of right hot now. sauce on top <laughs> or even a you know grill steak you know yeah. put some melt some blue cheese crumbles on top oh man yeah. shut up that sounds great yeah it's a way to go with this well caleb and then caleb was talking about they're going to do something he and mike are getting together right and doing a, a beer versus wine food pairing or something to oh. show that beer can pair better with with food than wine does or mm-hmm. something like that yeah, he said that. I, I didn't that know idea. that was actually happening. That'd be really cool, though. I think yeah. they're trying to do something. I know. We should get in on. I that. know the uh, Make America Graves again, which is this Friday, right? The fifteenth. Oh shoot! Is it? Yeah, sixty-five bucks. Uh, probably like five courses, but they're doing. I think they're doing beer, wine, kombucha, and a couple other things. They're, they're pairing a lot of different of their beverages over there. Did you say sixty-five dollars? Sixty-five dollars. Sorry, Mike. For the pairing. It's a hard pass. Difficult pass. I don't know if they sold out, how many tickets they sold, but it's uh, it's up there. Yeah. Somerville is good for it. Yeah, I mean, that's true. You're getting high quality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if he's serving five serving or five courses and, and pairing good stuff, which I know Mike will. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Dude, Mike yeah. makes phenomenal work. His food's so good. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like sinful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How yeah. dare you? Yeah, that's why we only wanted him doing food at our event. And that's why he's only, he is the only one doing he's food at our guy. event. Yeah, I didn't want any competition with Mike. Yeah. He's got great food, Oops. people are going to love it. Yeah, yeah. This guy's moving on that day. Moving? What do you mean? He's, oh, you're yeah, moving? July 1st, I, I got to move a bunch of furniture that day, so. Yeah. <sighs> I'll see if I can't push it back, though. I mean, with this much heads up, it shouldn't be a problem. It's, um... I mean, you don't have to push back. It's going to be a so good first as, event, but there's definitely going to be more. Let's see. Yeah. 40 Mar Detours is a headlining band, which goes on at 5-something, or they go on at 6-something. Oh, I can look it up. I got it pulled up right here. I thought you just made the, the listing. Well, I mean, if I was smart, I wouldn't be a slack ass and just wake up that morning and move everything I need to do. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yo, do you ever listen to the Howard Stern show? Nah. No. Oh. 40 Mile Detour around 5 Okay. what we're looking at okay. for them to hit the stage. So. Nice. Yeah. So it should continue on. Um, but we have uh, one of the main parody writers from the show coming on. Oh, God, really? Yeah, a little Mikey. Oh, jeez. Yeah, very excited for that. You said uh, you listened to the show before? No. Never? Well, I mean, I, I did way back in the day, but once Howard moved to Sirius, I didn't have Sirius, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel that. I think they still did. Do you remember when they did, started the news with Robin, and they were always had some parody songs about her boobs or about... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff, whatever. So this little Mikey writes a lot of those parodies. Oh, uh, okay. Producer. So I, de- I definitely remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was two or three guys, uh, Psych, Little Mikey, there's a couple of names out there. They would always write songs, and it was a competition of sorts, I guess, but we look for more water. Yeah. Yeah, so he's uh, he's coming out there. Here you go. 
That's you. awkward. That was a little weird, but mm-hmm. yeah. You know. Should just hand me your glass, I guess. No, that's okay. Oh, how are you gonna do it? Yeah, see. Oh, you need it. I thought you needed it. I do. Jesus. You got the guests pouring their own water now. That's cool. We've gotten so slack lately. It just got a little weird. That's why we need an intern. I'm about to make it. <laughs> intern to pour water. Yeah. He walks around with a little towel on his arm and Water boy. No. Just being helpful. We could just throw us water. Like, I felt so validated Ooh, as a barback, right you know. Like the bartenders need you to be good at your yeah. job so that they can be good at their job. You just want to show off your arms since you're wearing a tank top for the first time. That's what the whole, the whole thing was. Yeah, well, earlier the sun was out, so the guns came out. Yep. Yeah. You know, they were locked and loaded, ready to go. And then, of course, the thunderstorms rolled in and ruined it for them. Man. Yeah. And they went flaccid. Rain's been here for like three weeks. Yeah. Easily for three weeks. Yeah. That happens. South Carolina again. summer. Mm-hmm. Makes for sure. Makes it to keep up with stuff. As far as cutting grass and doing shit like that. Right? Yeah, especially when it's just a swamp. Yeah. You know, you, you mm. do more damage when you cut it. Right. So you keep inviting me to tin roof stuff. What's going on with the tin roof? Oh, good old tin roof. Uh, if you haven't been, it's uh, probably the coolest dive bar in Charleston. We do live music three to five nights a week. Do uh, karaoke on Sundays, trivia on Tuesdays. It's just a really, really cool little spot. Um, our specialty is uh, gourmet hot dogs, and the hot dogs are amazing. And it is—I mean, they are huge. Mm, like I it's a lot of wiener. food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. But uh, yeah, big definitely. Wiener, you always see that coming. <laughs> yeah, if you're ever uh, if you're ever in West Ashley, eleven uh, seventeen Magnolia Road. Um, you know, right in the heart of uh, of West Ashley. It's a really, really cool spot. Easy to get to from downtown, Park Circle and everything. But, uh, yeah, come on out, see a band. I'm Chris. I'm behind the bar pretty much every night. So it's either me or Johnny, but say hi to him, too. Okay, so that's your main gig. Yeah, that's my main gig. Um, <clears throat> I also, uh, I like I said earlier, I help out up at uh, Coast Brewing Company and, you know, help Dave and those boys out. And I've known them for a long time. They're really really awesome people and definitely look up to Dave because if it weren't for he and his wife Jamie you know they were the ones that pretty much changed all of the alcohol laws in South Carolina you know oh wow yeah well with the help of Senator Bennett but yeah they mm-hmm. changed the game for sure it was um, pretty much uh, uh, you know in 2005 you couldn't get a beer in the state of South Carolina that was over 5.9% and you know Dave wanted to open a brewery in his home. He didn't want to, you know, last-ditch effort was to move up to North Carolina because the laws had changed at that point. And that's when they decided we could either move or we could just try to change them here and make a brewery in our home. And they did that, you know. Coast has been around for over a decade now. And, you know, they did the, the, the pint law. They did. They helped with the stone bill that pretty much revolutionized it. I mean... If you look at the growth of breweries in the state of South Carolina since just the Stone Law passed yeah. that allowed for brew pubs and, you know, you can serve food and, you know, you can do all these things. Yeah. It's, it's almost tripled. It's, it really has. Yeah. Um, it's, it's huge. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, man. That burger at Holy City is one of my favorite burgers in town. Yes. I agree. You know, it's, 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 yeah, you know, they're not, these places aren't cranking out like mediocre. Like, we're not talking about dirty water dogs just to get around the law. You know, these guys are doing legit stuff. And 
Like that brunch over at Holy City. I go the Sunday is pretty much my day to go to Holy City. Yep. Um, and, and I either go and get brunch or I wait until after three and I get regular food. But either way, I'm eating down there. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, great. And I love that those guys are expanded too with their big production facility up in uh, right right next to Park Circle. Yeah. It's it's huge. You know. I love I seeing you, but I've heard a lot of good things. The only thing I've seen was, um, I mean, you can see the silos. You know, they've, they've got some big-ass grain silos. How right close there. is it to Ooh. coast? Because what I've heard is it's a stone's throw, like across the water from coast, right? Um, no, kind of, because, you know, coast is up on the old Navy station. Right. It's just uh, uh, east of Park Circle. This is more over on the Sproul side, so okay. think over more. like oh, I mean, it's right next to the new Codfather. Okay. So, I mean, it's kind of close. Yeah. But, yeah, it's pretty much a stone's throw. Okay. So, distance-wise, what would you say? I mean, you can walk there a few blocks, uh, half a uh, mile? Uh, maybe two oh, miles. Okay. Definitely a little, yeah, that's know, a car walk. trip. A little bit of a trip. Yeah. Yeah. It's sober by the time you get there. Yeah. Like, all right, ready for more. Yeah. Well, you got, I mean. It's a nice Uber, though. Once, once they open up there, you got the, the, the Park Circle Triangle because you got, you know, Common House just opened up, too. Yeah. Good yeah. space. And that seems to be the theme around here, right? I mean, you got Westbrook, Two Blokes, Ghost Monkey. You got, uh, now you have this trifecta over there. You got uh, yeah. Frothy. Well, you used to have uh, some more stuff over there. Uh, Frothy Tradesmen, all that stuff. But they're kind of spread out now. Yeah. But you got mm-hmm. the Beer Mile, or Beer Two Mile, I guess, off of Upper King with Monkle and Fatties. Monkle, Fatties, Lo-Fi, Edmunds Host. It's, yeah. Everybody groups together. It's great. It's, you know, you don't have to go far. And I, it makes more sense that way. That's why I feel like Somerville needs more. Oh, absolutely. We are getting another one. Wide Away Brewery is opening up right out of uh, Nexon. Nexon. Yeah. Some, really? Sometime this year, they said. Yeah. 2018. That's very cool. They're hitting. Which That's is, huge. I think the brewer is from another brewery. Is that oh, right? Yeah, I feel like we've heard that somewhere, yeah. I haven't been able to find out where, though. Hmm. But that's pretty exciting. Wide away? Wide, Wide awake. awake. Wide awake. Oh, okay, very cool. Yeah, because when you, yeah, you go to location services, like on Facebook, if you're over there, it comes up as Wide Awake America for some reason. That's so, weird. So I think that's why they named it Wide Awake Brewing Company, because you're in Wide Awake America. Oh, oh. I don't I have no idea. I think why. that's I the story know. I'm going with. But, like, that's good. You know, we have another brewery. Right, and then maybe Cam Taylor real, like, does something eventually. Yeah. Great. And, you know, it's funny, um, you know, I, I for a while I was working at uh, at Coast in the tasting room every Saturday, and um, I noticed a lot of people that would they were flying into town to start their vacation in Charleston on Saturdays, you know, before the, their beach house rents or whatever. And the proximity of the airport to the brewery that was their first stop. They'd rent a car and they'd come over there, grab a couple of beers, and it, it was amazing how many people had you know they, they've built such a name for themselves. And, so many people are like, oh yeah, I had a friend that came down and visited like three years ago and said that this is the first place I need to hit. And yeah. from the airport, it's like two and a half miles. Right. You know, oh, that's why awesome. not hit that before you go to your, you know, your beach house or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stock up on beer. It's almost like a must. You you should warm up before you go to your beach house. Well, why don't yeah. speaking of beach house, why don't we have something on the islands like? Folly Beach used to have their own brewing company, right? Folly yeah, they Beach had a uh, Folly Beach Brew Pub. Um, I'm trying to think because when when Folly Beach Brew Pub was around, I, I lived up in the Raleigh area for a couple of years. Um, I moved up there in '09 from '09 to 2012, and I remember vacationing out on Folly, 
and they were open, but I don't remember. I know we had like a, a pilot batch system, but the one time I was in there, of course, it was like middle of the summer around Father's Day, so it's like peak, you know, tourism season. And he didn't have his own beer on tap at the time. I think the only time I ever went in there that he didn't have his own beer either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, but I don't know why. I mean, is there a reason why we don't have something on Alapons or that's on pretty high risk? I mean, factor. real estate is the is the big thing. I mean, if you think about it, but the money that you're putting into your brewing system and everything like that—that's. I mean, you're looking at a couple million dollars just in stainless steel. Plus, I mean, you have to have the glycol system to chill it and everything, the, the regulation temperatures. That's be. just, that's a lot of money. And, of, of course, being out there on um, Isle of Palms and Sullivan's, yeah. I mean. You, but, I mean, you, other businesses are out there, so obviously you can throw yeah. it out there. But I mean, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, after the amount of money you spend on equipment, a hurricane comes in, which is multiple a year. You know, that that's another point. Look what happened to Hilton Head Brewing down. Yeah. I mean. It took a long time to get back up. In the yeah. Yeah. Uh, their old brewer uh, is a buddy of mine, and I remember him, uh, you know, sending me pictures. You know, a couple of weeks afterward, of course, I wasn't going to bother him. You know, I checked in on him to make sure he's okay, right. but you know, he finally got around to sending pictures. That entire brewery was just—it was completely embedded in sand. I mean, it—it it looked like someone had opened up a, a like a sand pit or like a um, a sandbox yeah. in the middle of a brewery. It, yeah. it was nuts, and of course. With the salt water and everything, and uh, just the sand damage, all, uh, all of those tanks were ruined. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I went down. I can't remember how long after the hurricane it was, but uh, an old girlfriend of mine and I went down there to um, Buford or something, and we stopped through there to go to the brewery and looked up on Facebook and found the address, or on Google, and got up there, and it still had a sign on the door, so sorry, we're devastated by the hurricane, yeah. we're, we're not going to be open for a long time, so... I never even got a chance to go to that brewery. Wow. Had a lot of their beer, though. You know, the beer was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, that uh, The old brewer from there has got a new thing coming out here, hopefully soon. Hmm. The guy that was there. Yeah. yeah. John Rybicki. Yeah. It's not the Wide Awake thing, is it? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. That would be interesting. I know Can last you? time I talked to John, um, it was when I was doing Beer Distro. And, um, yeah, he... he I, well. He had a spot down there, and he was moving tanks in. I remember seeing pictures of it. How long were they around before the destruction? Hilton Head Brewery had been down there for a while. Okay. Um, but they never, I mean, it, they were kind of, you know, meh. You know, they, they, they were, Hilton Head Brewing for the longest time was almost kind of like South End was, you know, just not making very good stuff. And then John went in there and just really changed their game, and, he was doing all those hazy IPAs and whatnot and killing it. Oh, yeah. And then the hurricane destroyed oh, all that. That sucks. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing you can control about that. It's just a terrible no, draw, yeah. like roll of the dice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly why you don't see breweries in Sullivan's Island in Folly, probably. There it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember uh, the Folly Beach Brew Pub guy. He probably only had like a little one-barrel system, so... That's something that where if a storm was blowing through, you could throw all the back of that in a truck and get it off the island. Yeah. To protect your neck, really. One but barrel system. How much does that produce? That's what Oak Road started on. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. The uh, the Oak Road system. Um, uh, Kyle Colston and I built in his garage, and it was uh, basically, I mean, it was a fifty-five gallon stainless steel drum. Oh, wow. And with that, of course, I mean, you can't fill it all the way up to the lip. 
But uh, in the early batches, we were only getting, I mean, a full barrel was six sixtles, you know? It's, okay. You know, 31 gallons. And uh, by the time everything was said and done, we were only getting about five sixtles out of the early batches. Mm. Yeah. That's hard to run a business with that kind of. We were selling out of beer hand and foot. That's a good problem to have, I guess. It's a great problem to have. Yeah. Did you find it? Yeah, the name I come up with is uh, Eric Roberts. That name ring a bell to anybody? No, it doesn't. But it's also. He's the owner, so I don't know if he's the brewer, but. Um, hmm. Yeah, this was an article in the city paper from uh, December 29th, 2017. Opening of Wide Awake Brewing makes two breweries for Berkeley County, hmm. and they're counting the other Berkeley County brewery as the one that opened up in Daniel Island. Dockeries. And not Oak Road. Berkeley County? Yeah, that's, I mean, that is Berkeley County out there. I've never even heard it. Heard of that. Yeah, Dockery's that new place that opened up on Daniel Island. Like, they're pretty much like smack dab downtown Daniel Island. I still haven't been over there yet. I haven't either. My brother works on Daniel Island at Blackbaud, but uh, hasn't been over there. And I mean, I'm. But you go over to the games all the time. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge battery supporter. Um, I've been a season ticket holder and a member of the the supporters group for years now. And uh, it's so funny you brought this up because um, I was at House of Brews the other day. And apparently someone from Dockery's had dropped off some beer samples, and we didn't have a chance to try them. But I was saying, I was like, man, you know, the next home game, I need to go over a couple of hours early. Yeah. And apparently, I mean, Dockery's is doing food. Uh, I saw the menu. The menu looked great. Okay. Just I, I just haven't had a chance to get over there. My thing is I go to Daniel Island. I go to the tailgate before the battery match. And <laughs> then I got to go pick my car up the next day because it's a $30 Uber home from the battery match. Oh. <laughs> Man, we yeah. keep talking about so much food. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> That's a problem. I'm trying to still read this article and see if I can see a brewer's name, but I don't think, I can, I don't think there's one in there. It's a shame. Uh, it says they want to eventually have 12 taps offering a variety of beers. Uh, he's brewed everything from American lager beers to German beers to Belgian beers. Personally prefer darker, richer, sweeter, maltier beers, porter stouts. Ooh. But I enjoy a good IPA from time to time. We're going to be a small brewery. Our plan is to stay close to our home, brewing roots, and be as creative with our beers as the public can appreciate. Look for Wide Awake Brewing to open in, uh, to open in August 2018 is what this article That's soon. Wow, that's... Right around the corner. I mean, it's two months away now. Yeah. I think like two and a half months. I can't wait to have another option. I feel like we should have more information if it's that close. Like maybe well, like an actual like a, like a location pictures. Yeah. We'll see if they have anything. Could you throw it up on this thing? On Facebook. I switch to the Samsung. I don't know if I can or not. No, putting anyway. the pressure on. <laughs> so while Brian looks into that. Let me ask you. You built this guitar over here. I did. I did, and I just got it back. I, uh, wow, I didn't even notice it was sitting over there. Yeah, we kind of <laughs> hid it from you. You, know? you took the last electric guitar that Slayton has. Oh, really? Well, he got bum-rushed, robbed, robbed. mobbed. He like, was it was homeless for a while, right? He was fucking robbed is what it was. So when he left to start rafting or whatever, he left his equipment in his own place, and when he got back, everything was gone. But that was still there. Wow. That was still there. Jeez, I didn't know that. Of course, yeah. he didn't tell me that. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. He, he would never, never like. Yeah. Wow, that's keep nuts. it after you asked for it at least. <laughs> yeah. So, um, poor guy. I was a musician for years uh, in my early twenties, and uh, had a rock and roll band based out of Charleston here called Kings of Dylan, and uh, we're just just straightforward, dirty ass rock and roll band, and uh, you know, traveled all over the southeast, had a lot of fun. 
Um, and then, you know, we didn't really break up. We all just decided we were like, oh, I'm tired of doing this. Let's go do something else. Okay. You know, and uh, all five of the members of the band and plus uh, um, our, our, basically our band managers started as a best friend that ended up, you know, helping drive us around and, you know, was changing strings on the side of the stage and, you know, making sure none of us were getting into fights or getting too drunk or anything like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, the six of us are still incredibly good friends. Um, but then, you know, got out of music for a little bit and then I moved up to North Carolina and, uh, I started a, uh, a three piece honky tonk rockabilly band. And I went from playing, I mean, I've, I've always loved old school country and rockabilly and bluegrass and stuff like that. Um, it's always been a passion, but I never really played that music because I was like, I don't want people just thinking I'm some dumbass redneck up here, you know, yodeling and shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I started playing in a, in a, in a rockabilly band, uh, you know, kind of honky-tonk stuff, and it was three-piece. It was... Uh, I was either playing acoustic or, or, you know, filling in on lead electric. I had another guitarist and I had an upright bass player. We didn't have a drummer. So all of the percussion in the band was nothing but like that rockabilly slap of the bass. Like you hear oh. like the old Sun Records stuff. And um, for me, playing in nothing but like punk bands and rock bands and stuff like that, uh, I've always played Telecasters. I've always loved the feel of them, you know, Fender Telecasters. Um, and uh, I was playing through an orange, so I had like the ultimate rock and roll setup, and it was great. Yeah. But uh, playing an orange amplifier with a Telecaster to do honky tonk and rockabilly music just doesn't sound very well. <laughs> so I had to completely modify my setup, and uh, you know I was playing a Tele that had a, a humbucker in it, so it was you know it was definitely more rock driven. But I needed something that had like that you know that twang, so I switched guitars, had to switch my amps and everything like that, mm-hmm. and uh, ended up. God, I went through a couple of different guitars and couldn't find one that I really liked. And uh, contacted Fender, and I was like, hey, listen, I'm interested in, you know, talking to your custom shop guys to, you know, build me a custom Telecaster. This is what I want. These are the specs that I, you know, I like. And they're like, all right, sounds good. We'll get back to you in a couple of days, and we'll let you know how much it's going to be. And I get the invoice, and, man, I'm a shit of brick. It was uh, it was basically a used car. It was a seventy five hundred dollar guitar, and at the time, I mean, I was managing a restaurant. You know, I was about to get married. It, it, I didn't. It, I couldn't afford it. If I would have bought a seventy five hundred dollar guitar, I wasn't getting married. <laughs> I was also going to be living in that guitar case because my shit would have been on the street. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, my dad was a, a was an amateur woodworker growing up, so I was always, you know, playing with power tools when I was a kid, which is probably what's wrong with me. Um, <laughs> you have all your fingers, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There no replacements. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very nice. Lucky man. Not a cyborg, I promise. Or, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... You know, I, I did a lot of woodworking as a kid, just you know, like basic stuff. When I got online, I started reading about guitar building, and I found a bunch of, uh, you know, um, message boards, and it was these guys that were building these amazing guitars in their garages. Wow. So for about a year, I studied up on it. Um, in, in fact, uh, one of my guitarists from Kings of Dillon lived on the other side of Raleigh from me. He had moved back up there to go to school. 
um, and his dad is a, a custom uh, carpenter in that area. That he, his dad has like a five thousand square foot shop behind their house. So he and I started fooling around and just started tooling around building guitars and, and you know experimenting with things. Oh, wow. And uh, we met a guy in the Raleigh area that actually worked for uh, the guitar company that built a lot of Jerry Garcia's guitars later in his life. And uh, this guy was just selling off all of these guitar bodies that he had already, you know, like glued together and they were already sanded. It, it basically, it was a blank. You could cut out whatever shape you want. Yeah. And um, I was like, man, you know what? It's time. Instead of buying a guitar, I'm just going to build like my ultimate guitar from scratch. And uh, that's, that's where that guitar came from over there. And uh, I played it for years and then uh, kind of got out of music for a little bit. You know, I was the family man, and uh, I met Slayton when I was working at Oak Road, and he was working over at a homegrown brew house. And, um, you know, met him doing the ands, and, uh, you know, he came to me, and, you know, I told him, I was like, yeah, build guitars, I want you to play this thing. And Slayton's had that guitar now for about a year and a half, two years. Mm -hmm. And he's been recording with it and writing on it, and, um, yeah, it was... Uh, it was, it's really cool hearing, you know, hearing him play, especially it's like humbling having someone that's just that fucking talented of a musician <laughs> play an instrument that you like, I cut that thing out and sanded it. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears on that piece of, on that plank of wood right there. Oh, you don't but, even know what else is on there. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The back of that guitar has got three holes. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're very sizes. That is neat. That was like your creation. <laughs> oh. But yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, honestly, the, the the first time I heard him play that guitar uh, at Coastal Coffee Roasters with the Ands, it was just like, it was just chilling for me, you know. <laughs> and I mean, I've had a a couple of friends that are fantastic musicians that have played that thing, and the response has been great. But actually, like having the honor and privilege to let him like take that and be like, all right. You know, I almost feel like I should get like some co-writing credits on the next album. <laughs> and you hear that slate and you owe me money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Bubba. He's taking a, a big old break. It's been yeah. over a year since he's really made anything, aside from like our intro music and all that stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, we need to get him back into it. That's you know, th that's the thing, man. In due time, you know. True. It, you yeah, don't to, you can't really force it. Yeah, you can't. And uh, you know, it, it's it's definitely it's you know kind of the same book of in beer. If you rush it, it's just not going to be good. Yeah. You know. And he does the occasional ditty here and there on Instagram or Facebook or something. A little. Does oh yeah, I mean, he, you can definitely tell that he's still playing every day. I mean, that's definitely yeah. something that. I mean, it'd just be like you. Could you? You think you could stop drawing tomorrow? No. It's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, I play guitar every day. You know? See, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I carry a sketchbook with me no matter where I'm going. Yeah. yeah. I don't even, if, like, if I know for a fact I'm not going to have time to bring it out, I bring it anyways. Because you never know. Yeah. I may know, but you never know. Yeah. That's the duality. It, like, yeah, grab it right then and there. You know, I had uh, the notepad app in my phone. Like, there's times where I'm sitting at a stoplight and it's just like, oh shit, that sounds good. Save it for later. How do you take notes of that? Huh? How would you take notes of... Just the voice dictation. Like, I'll just sing something to my phone. Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I do the same thing. I mean, for this thing, this thing, this podcast. This thing. I'll be sitting in the car and just pull up my notes and make a dictation of something, some idea, whatever. This is my, my bread and butter. Yeah, you got that. 
and, two and, and you've made me start carrying this around a little bit and using this so I kind of do both old school and new school yeah. it's so much better than my phone for me at least yeah I never go back and look at my notes <laughs> in my phone yeah you gotta write it down though because so many thoughts come through your mind right yeah. you just wish you had a pensive at all times yeah yeah be nice eventually. All right, so you know what I'm talking about. No? What's that? A pensive. Pensive? A pensive. No? Neither of you know what a pensive is? Know what is. Do you know what pensive is? No. Spell no. that. P E N S E I V E? Never heard of that. Yeah. Well, it's from Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen that. Oh, right? man, it's a little disc, you know, oh, where yeah. you, you pull your, your memory or your, your thoughts out and you put it, like, in a jar and you dump it into, like, a, a basin yeah. so you can go back and look at your exact memory of something or, like, a thought. So it's, like, an exact replica. Because our memory sucks balls, honestly. Like, yeah. You well, can't remember a, jack you shit. Black Mirror on uh, I haven't right? still. I still, oh, yeah. I still haven't seen that either. There's Thank you. Yeah. Finally, someone else. There's I, an episode I, that's kind of similar to that. Really? Yeah. See, that's cool, man. Implanted memory type thing. Yeah, I, need, I keep really hearing that that's like, it's like a new like Twilight Zone kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I thought you were talking about them recording your dreams, which is close. They're really close to interpreting your dreams, and you can go actually go back and watch them. Yeah, it's just creepy. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is terrifying, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, that Black Mirror is just... It's, I feel like it's intense, you know? I think it's going to just rock... People's See, that's reality what I'm about so too. much. It I, does. I mean, it's the future. I mean, it's just like, just like Twilight Zone. All that shit you see on Twilight Zone. I never watched back Twilight in the 50s, Zone. It's a lot of coming true. Do, do yourself a favor and go back, like the cinematography and the. Uh, really. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow, okay. Early, like really, really good stuff, and you'll <laughs> you'll see where a, a lot of like films and television shows later built the basis, especially thrillers and a lot of horror movies. A lot of them were based off of those early, like the Alfred Hitchcock and the Twilight Zone yeah. series. Totally turned yeah, Outer Limits. Worth checking. Yep, yeah. Outer Limits. Yeah, that's another great one. That's yeah. a good way to get me to watch. Cinematography will always catch my eye faster oh, than plot yeah. or anything else. I mean, so. it, I mean, look at a spaghetti western. If it weren't for the cinematography that they were doing, those movies would be absolute crap. Yeah. You know? They'd be like a uh, microwave spaghetti. No? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. What's our time? Uh, it's about one eighteen, actually. And um, you guys want to take a break? Real yeah, quick? let's take a quick break. Take a break. Yeah. All right, cool. That sounds good. Uh, I got to pee. <laughs> I'm glad you said it before me. Coming back. Well, you know, if we're all here again, then we're just chatting. I like to have it on record. Yeah. You never know when you're going to get something good. Yeah. Absolutely. Tell me something good. Oh, yeah. So we, uh, we did this before. But that sticker's for you. If oh, you yeah. if you like stickers, I don't know if you're a sticker oh, yeah. guy. I, I've actually got some of the uh, the Charleston Wiener Crawl stickers in the car. i got to bring one of those in. <laughs> nice. What? Yes. I told some people today I wasn't sure if you were going to come dressed as a hot dog. Oh, man. I, I thought it was a good possibility that might happen. We thought I of, didn't yeah. even think about that, man. I totally should have brought the, <laughs> well, should've brought the Wiener uh, suit. It'll, it'll drive hype for the next time you're here. Right. And maybe we'll only talk in weird voices the entire time. Well, this is my wiener voice. <laughs> the entire podcast will sound like this. Jar Jar Binks. Oh, no? That is kind of Jar Jar Binks. It's just saying that we're going to steal your soul yeah. and make money off of your face yeah, because you're so beautiful. Say something stupid or well, you should have thought, 
ahead of time what you were saying? Yeah. It's very, I'm used to saying stupid us, things all really. the time. So Same for us, indeed. Yeah. yeah we don't, we're, we're putting we don't ourselves out stuff. there for <coughs> vulnerability as well. We pretty much keep everything in this, in, on the video. Yeah, it's too much work to go back and like pinpoint things and take it out. Nah. Like, who's got time for that? No. Yeah, if it's said, it's said, it's real. It's in the moment. Exactly. And speaking of that, unless you're Roseanne, and then you got to keep some oh, shit. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Just luck. I've heard Joe's going to have her on the show, I think. Joe Rogan? What the fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah, what are you chair? doing? I'm there? trying to scoot this thing up in the wheels. Well, this stupid spinning. rug is in the way. Yeah. So, well, I mean, he was going to have Roseanne on in the, in the first place. Let's hope she doesn't Roseanne his episode. Let's hope she does. We're using yeah. her as a bird now for when you're racist <laughs> on accident, apparently. Yeah. Come on, no Roseanne is serious this episode. How many people are going to get mad about that? Like, <clears throat> you can't be racist on accident? Yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, absolutely can. Especially when you're born in a, the time that she was. I mean, she was raised with racism. And that, that's just like people that are indoctrinated with religions or whatever. That shit gets ingrained in your, in your blood. Yeah. And sometimes shit just slips out. Especially when you're on Ambien and you're losing your freaking mind. <laughs> right. You're, what, seven years old and you're on all these medications. You're an alcoholic. I mean, you say some stupid shit. Yeah, what's up with that? <clears throat> We're going to go. Uh, We're going heavy hitter now. We're, We're totally going heavy but small. <laughs> heavy but small. So yeah, just a 12 ounce bottle on this one. Yeah, let me get off of this page here. So this is a. Uh, 120 minute IPA. So the basic description of just a regular 120 minute is uh, 18% alcohol, 120 IBUs, Ooh. hence the name 120. The holy grail for hopheads. What are you doing? I'm waving at myself. Clocking in at 15 to 20% ABV, nice. 120 minute IPA is con continuously hopped for a copious amount of high alpha American hops throughout the boil and whirlpool, and then dry hopped with another pallet of hops, unfiltered and abundantly hoppy. <coughs> um, this is the 2015 version that we're drinking. Oh yeah, Ooh, I uh, like the this. Says actually, it says it ages, ages well. well. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So yeah. we're gonna find out. Um, this is this is no longer being produced by the brewery. This is uh, this is pretty much the only IPA that you should ever, 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 ever even consider cellaring. You know, IPAs are one of those beers that, I mean, most beers, the brewers are making this stuff. They want you to drink it within uh, 100 days. I like to say 90 days, any more than three months, and you're going to lose a lot of those qualities that you want. Um, I mean, even in some of your Belgians, uh, but, I mean, those are beers that are great to age. You know, those stouts, you know, red ale, scotch ales, mm -hmm. anything that's been bourbon barreled, you know, except for, I mean, those abominations called bourbon barrel IPAs. I don't, that's, that's you know, an oxymoron in my book. <laughs> uh, but 120-minute IPA, because it is 18%, essentially, they call this an IPA. It's, it's I've always considered it a barley wine, because right. at the end of the day, it's, essentially the same recipe that they're doing for a barley wine but um, fresh i mean super fresh you definitely get some oh IPA oh big there, time big time no like you, you say, once it's gone not to discount months, that yeah it just dies oh big time big time and that's where uh, a lot of the time when you get those old ipas i know um uh i have people that come up to me all the time they're like oh yeah i like this beer on tap but anytime i have in a bottle or a can it's not as good. It's like, well, did you check the date on it? Yeah, it's probably old as hell. <clears throat> and, uh, I mean, that's, you know, grocery stores are notorious. One thing that I always tell people, you know, I've, you know, worked in beer stores and I've been in the beer industry for a long time now. And um, 
one thing that I've always told people is that, um, you know, check dates. If it doesn't have a date on it, and unless you know for a fact that it's something that'll hold up to, you know, sitting on a shelf, check the dates. You know, if it doesn't have a date, don't buy it. Don't don't even take that chance, you know. I don't know. I can't tell you how many times I've been burned, you know, even buying Sierra Nevada Pale Ale because I've probably had, I mean, God, I don't even want to know how many of those I've had. That'll just make me feel horrible as a person. <laughs> But um, you know, I've I've had that beer a million times, and um, I've been burned before. You know, I've been in a in a rush. I've been going over to a buddy's house to watch football, and picked up a six pack at a grocery store or at a gas station. It's like, oh, it's Sierra Nevada. I know it's gonna be good. Psych, <laughs> it's old. Oh, it sucks. Yeah. I think we ran into that situation in a previous episode when Brad Mallet came on. Yeah. We had the overly friendly IPA from Holy City, and that thing was. Like hyper carbonated, it was yeah. crazy, really? like yeah. way too good. much. Like yeah. not at all what you would get if you ordered it at the actual bar, or yeah. if you just went and bought it. And I think it's been sitting there for so long at Coastal that it's just it. Yeah, it it, it did not age. And and a lot of the time, you know, anytime you have a a pale ale or an IPA, and I know that these are insanely popular styles. I mean, the the India pale ale, as far as in the craft uh, world. Uh, has been almost 60% of the marketplace for years now. And if you think about the hundreds of styles of beers, and especially you know, Belgians are, have always been popular. Saisons are gaining in popularity. IPAs, man, it's, it's a constant. You know, it's, it's always going to be that high. But you think about how many hopheads are out there, and you think about how many people that are like, well, I was a Bud Light drinker, and then all of a sudden a buddy of mine gave me a, a Dogfish Head 60-minute. You know, that's a very common. Or uh, Bell's Two-Hearted. That's another one that you see everywhere. And it's like I had that for the first time, and it, it changed my mind. And it, it's amazing to see that jump because you wouldn't think that your, your standard, you know, American adjunct lager drinker is going to go to a hoppy beer and just be like, holy shit. Or, you know, Hefeweizen. You know, that, that's another great, uh, you know, almost gateway drug kind of beer. You know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, we both started with Hefeweizens. We've talked about that before. Yeah. Cheers. You cheers something? What we cheers to? Oh. Old barley IPAs. Old yeah. barley IPAs. <laughs> wow, that body is boozy. Oh, yeah, this is a boozy beer. This is a 2015. Uh, funny story. Actually, I, I got this beer when um, I, uh, I work for House of Brews, and I know we're probably going to get into that real soon here. Yeah, sure. um, so we'll go Perfect ahead and segue. start that off. Yeah, that actually right worked out well. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so um, Rob Davis that runs House of Brews over in uh, Mount Pleasant, uh, really, really awesome little beer store. If you've never been over there, go over there, have a beer. Uh, it's either Rob or Jessica that work there. They're both really, really awesome people and great friends of mine. Um, but I worked for Rob for almost uh, a little over two years. And um, I had this random guy. We used to have people that would come in all the time, and they'd be like, hey, I'm visiting from so-and-so, and I always come down here for the beach, and you know, I love your shop, so I'm going to bring you this beer. And I'm going to bring you this. And people just give give us beer all the time. And I had this guy show up, and he was like, he was a dentist in, uh, in Maryland. Or, I'm sorry, a dentist in Delaware, right you know, right where Dogfish Head is. And um, he showed up, and he was like, yeah, I'm a dentist. And, you know, all the girls that work for me, um, they gave me a case of this. What? Yeah, 24 bottles of this stuff. And uh, he brought a couple of four-packs down, and he was like, dude, I'm not going to drink all this. He was like, here, have one. So I had a four pack of this for years, and um, 
I gave two to friends, and I kept two. And uh, uh, the first one that we drank, we actually drank at uh, the very first brew that we did at Oak Road. And it was uh, me, Brian, Ben, and Kyle. And we cracked one of these, and it was about... Uh, 7.30 in the morning, like on a Sunday, making beer. <laughs> Luckily, there was four of us splitting it, though. Oh, my yeah. gosh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that was right after we got them. So that was this beer hot. So I haven't had this beer since then. Wow. That's a good time to, to crack open a beer, though. Yeah. Sunday morning. Oh, any time yeah. brewing and Sunday morning. Pan homage to your God. Mm. Yeah. Alcohol, Damn. right? It's so good. Yeah. It is very good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, alcohol. Being your guy, <laughs> you writing a book over there, Brian? Yeah, I mean, God, I could last do time I had this beer, last time I had this beer recently was when they got it on at Lowe's. We got a yep. couple kegs of it up there, one twenty. And this is madly more boozy and oh yeah, and thicker body than what we had on keg uh, three months ago, two months totally, ago. Totally, totally different. Twenty eighteen, obviously. Also, I mean. That label says 18, but this was this was one of the batches where they, at that point, they were only releasing this in just a couple of states that, that allowed. Yeah, it said 15 to 20%, so it varies, I guess. Yeah, I, I want to say that this one is up there probably closer to 19. Oh, I bet. If it's aged that long, right, it only adds more. Uh, I mean, it, that's not going to change the alcohol. Really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's not going to change any of the what alcohol. What does that mainly content. change? I mean, then? sometimes you can get some bottles that will get some yeast in it. And it'll yeah, if, it yeah if, if it is, uh, you know, bottle conditioned, which I noticed that this did have a little floating at the bottom. So this this could yeah. have increased a little bit. Maybe. Most of the time, when you, you age, okay. you, you're going to relax a lot of those uh, a lot of those. Um, Really, kind of the the hard edge nuances to the beer. Uh, a lot of the times, you know, with uh, any anytime you have big stouts that either have like a chocolate addition because they're using that that bitter chocolate, it, it'll kind of rough those edges out a little bit. Um, uh, coffee beers actually they don't age well. I mean, you know, this coffee just doesn't hold up that well. Oh, oh. Um, and and think about you're, you're basically, you know, you mm. you've brewed with the coffee. Once you, when, never once you thought about it. Yeah, yeah. So most most coffee stouts, um, I, I have had a few where you're still going to pick up a little bit, but it definitely doesn't have like that that rich, roasty, you know, almost a little bit of a bitterness that you expect from a coffee stout like right off the rip. Um, right. Yeah. That's a solid point that I had not, I never really like pinpointed. Like, it's not that I wouldn't have got to that realization at some point but just not like the path that i saw to go down like i did mm-hmm. not think about coffee not aging well in the terms of beer yeah because it, normally it's, with coffee you don't want to wait more than three weeks to drink it you want something within that time frame absolutely yeah um and of course with beer it's going to hold up a little longer but i mean i've had coffee stats that i've sat on for you know six to eight months and they've been fine um and it, 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 it i mean you're a coffee guy you probably know probably it's going to hold up different depending on the roast and you know whatever the blend is that you're using. Yep. And I'm pretty sure. I mean, the, the brewers nowadays, man, these guys are just they they've taken out all the stops. They think of everything. And I'm pretty sure. I mean, pretty much every brewer I know because you're up at the ass crack of dawn up there, <laughs> you know, milling in and and getting everything right. I don't think I know a, a brewer that isn't a coffee drinker. <laughs> right. You know, oh it's, it's almost like beneficial. You know. Do you have to have your your daytime supplier of of 
the caffeine drug to make yeah. it to the nighttime supplier of the alcohol <laughs> drug. I mean, I've got the best job in the world because I work at the coffee shop during the day and then I move right over <laughs> to, the, to the brewery. So I get coffee exactly. during the day and beer at night. Same building. Spread. Same building. I just huh. walk right over. Yeah. And I change the shirt and I'm in beer mode. Good to go. Absolutely. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. God, this beer is so good. It is. It is. A lot of, I mean, you get, uh, there's a lot of dark fruit. Like, you get a lot of raisin in there. Like, a lot of oh, dry yeah. fruit in there. The, I mean, the hop characteristic is completely faded. Oh, yeah. Big um, time. Yeah. And, and that's one thing. Even with these big barley wines, a lot of times I, you know, probably got off on a bunch of tangents. Um, but, with, you know, with an IPA and pale ales that fall off real quick, you get that really, it's that oxidized hop, and it always tastes like wet newspaper or like uh, wet cardboard kind of. It's that really like, yeah, it's just that is weird it, is that flavor. Is similar to wet horse blanket? Wet I horse think it's blanket. less pungent than wet Oh, absolutely. Oh, but, I mean, there, there's times, I mean, I've been to bars before where I've ordered a beer, you know, an IPA especially, and it's like as soon as I order off the bottle list, I'm like, that was a bad idea. I know what it's going to smell like. And they open it up and they sit it down. And like, even before you even pour it in the glass, you can like smell like that. It's <laughs> it, almost like with that, uh, that aged pale, like that kind of medicinal flavor, yeah. you know, that medicinal smell that we were getting earlier. Yeah. That's kind of the same, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, aroma that you're going to get, you know, it's yeah. that real kind of, it's like papery, you know? Definitely. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Makes sense. I was thinking of going to your old fashion after this. I don't know if I'm going to make it with this one. <laughs> uh, we got one more. I know. That's going to be pretty solid. I may have to call an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can walk. It's like right there. You could walk right there. You could ride your skateboard. I could. Get I some don't. skating in. Yeah. yeah. It is kind of wet outside, though. Yeah, that's true, too. It's not the best situation. It could make for a good uh, YouTube video. Plus, if, if I've been drinking, skateboarding is very difficult. <laughs> Keeping your balance. Yeah, that's true. Pedaling. I mean, after drinking, keeping my balance is kind of difficult anyway. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. You just want to fall over. Yeah. So I think we've mentioned this before, but Ouch. we had a, um, I lived in Alaska for six and a half years. So every, what? Uh, when? Every November, or December, they had the Great American Barley Wine Festival. Up oh, there at a place called the Great Glacier Brew House. Yeah. This fucking thing. Man. I don't think we have I would almost that. go back every year just to go to that festival if I had the money for the plane ticket, but. Um, the the beer advocate guys. I don't know if they still do it, but they did a a beer festival up in Boston called the Extreme Beer Fest, and I want to say that the minimum uh, ABV was like twelve percent. Yeah, that's what? probably with this one. And with yeah, oh, absolutely with barley wines. Uh, but I mean, even even some of the I mean, quote unquote lighter barley wines I had that clock in at like nine and a half percent. I mean, they're always just, it, it's its just a beast of a beer. It's a beast of a style. I mean, I, I love it. I love the complexity of them. Okay, so let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. My all-time favorite beer is, well, I would, it's between two, and I, I can't decide. Mm-hmm. First one I'm going to say is the Abider by Edmund's Oast, which mm-hmm. is an adjunct barley wine. I've seen that in cans. That was a one-off. Okay, so that's what I'm afraid of. I think both the ones that I really like are, are Of course, and now you're not going to be able to get them. It's that one, and uh, there's nothing butter than a pair of camp pants. That was a one-off, too, yeah. So that was a collaboration with Westbrook. Yeah. Fuck, they're both one-offs. I can never get those. Mm. Man, look around. You might be able to. I mean, those are. 
They, I want to say oh those are pretty God. expensive cans, so they might. Those but blew it, but again, I mean, my mind. Those guys are beer. just making lights out beer down there, and oh that stuff God. is just flying off the shelves anywhere I see it. It's it's phenomenal. Yeah, they're and their kegs really, are really fairly affordable. Things. Like they're they're not like overly oh. expensive, and it's oh. mind blowing. It's, it's phenomenal. Oh. I had the pleasure of meeting the actual head brewer, Cam. Yeah, Cam's a good dude. He is. He's yeah. really nice. Yeah. Like he bought a lot of people beer when he came. We had a tap takeover when I was working at Lowe's Foods. Nice. Oh, it was great. He was very friendly. Talked to anyone that walked up, and it, he yeah. um. The one thing I really like about Cam is that he's he's really big into doing like these old school styles. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like every once in a while, like even when he was still at Edmonds Oaks, just the restaurant before they opened the brewing company. Like, uh, he and Brandon Plyler, which, you know, has worked for Charleston Beer Exchange and now Edmonds Oast Exchange. And he's, I mean, in, in my mind, the end-all be-all as far as uh, beer knowledge in the Southeast. I mean, the guy's just, he's amazing. Um, but even even when Cam was uh, just still working at the restaurant, and he and Plyler used to get together, and uh, they would come up to House of Brews. And Plyler had this old book that was nothing but all these old British uh, brewery recipes. <laughs> and they would sit there and kind of like go back and forth and try to figure stuff out. And then a couple of weeks later, they'd have like this old school British, you know, ale, like a sparkling ale or whatever. Like they did a couple of different ESBs. And it, it was just really cool because it was almost like you were tasting history. And, and you knew that these guys were basically you know, showing as much love and respect to these old school recipes as they could wow. and trying to pull them off as pure form. And it was, I mean, it, it was almost like you're like, wow, I'm I'm pretty much drinking something that should be a dead style. Yeah. I did not really, know really that. Neat. That yeah. adds so much more to yeah. the actual beer. It's so funny that you mentioned that too because we were just talking at the brewery the other night, um, whatever night I worked, I can't remember now, last Friday, I think. And we were talking about way off craft beer subject we were talking about Budweiser and Coors and those type things and that how consistent those breweries are that there's the stuff that we're drinking today is probably almost 100% similar in taste to what our grandfathers were drinking oh. great grandfathers were drinking and that maybe some of those yeast strains or even the same yeast that they were using back then that it's how well, consistent those guys are just phenomenal yeah I mean they they probably are replicating and, and, and keeping strains of yeast. I mean, yeast is only good for so many strains in, until it finally dies out and you have to replace it. Did we go dead? We went dead, yeah. Wow, did you hear that? Yeah, I did. Oh, all right, just in case you didn't, you obviously did not hear this on the actual microphone. But uh, so we're all like talking, mm-hmm. or Chris was talking, and all of a sudden we hear this. It was like a Jetsons. Like, well, like when you cut your TV off. So our amplifier just died on our headphones, which means we have no sound on our headphones. We're, we're going raw right now. Yeah. Oh, sweet. So we're still going. That's, oh, that's yeah. We're, we're still oh, we're going. We're still going. Yeah. Oh, we just can't hear just, ourselves. Just, this board runs off a 9-volt battery, and that battery just dies. So. Uh, yeah, it, it saps the energy out of it. You know, It probably has to do with the fact that we're, we're using a splitter and extension lines to the actual headphones. Mm. So it is what it is. Cool. Oh, yeah. shit. Where was I? A new sound here. Yeah, sorry, man. I, I, yeah. I totally snowbombed you. No, I was talking about cores and yeast strains. Yeah, and yeah. the consistency. Yeah, I mean, um, if, if you look at it, like, uh, uh, I mean, Anheuser-Busch, they, you, you wouldn't believe it, but, I mean, they, they've got a couple of uh, top-notch Cicerones that that work for them. 
And wow, okay. they have guys that, you know, the, the, the Anheuser-Busch has a, a couple of different olfactory guys that these guys are getting paid tons just to smell beer because they can pick up, like, those subtle nuances. These are guys that... You know, it, these are the same people that are, you know, uh, uh, testing perfumes and stuff like that. Right. You know, and, and they can pick up whether or not this, if a certain batch, you know, if something's off, you know, uh, what can we do to improve it? Because, I mean, obviously they're not dumping beer and they, they have the, they have the, the uh, you know, the wherewithal to, oh the, to, to fix it. That's the and, exact word I was thinking of. Nice. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that's you should see I mean the labs that they have at those big breweries it's yeah. incredible and I know you guys were just up at Sierra Nevada did y'all do the tour no but we walked around the yeah, entire complex you kind of did the, the yeah. Thing. yeah the self oh, tour okay yeah. yeah did you see the lab that they have did, yeah yeah I, mean, I it's, want it I don't even brew when I want it it's ridiculous man and I mean it, 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 I love that if, you know, there a lot of breweries now are, are really putting the money into into doing labs, and I mean, you have to, you got to be able to make sure that your beer's right. It's it's so competitive I, um, now. Sorry, we were talking to Oak Road, or was it Joey from Frothy? They were talking about we don't have the the money to to do the lab test and to do this and whatever. It's an investment. Oh, it's a huge. We talked investment. about the lab stuff before, and they said that's you know how they have a hard time keeping things consistent and whatever because they don't have these lab tests facilities to kind of test everything and make sure they're on point every single time yeah it's all in the fine details and not even like when it comes to lab for them at least for brewing wise like if you're looking just at beer like that's how you get your fine details is looking at like lab specifics yeah and a lot of the times if you're you're pulling samples and you're and you're running tests in the early stages of fermentation if anything's going wrong i mean these guys are are smart enough that they know okay this is wrong this is what i have to do to fix it to not dump this beer and they can fix it yeah. yeah, and it's, I mean, w- 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 why not spend the money and and the time to? I mean, you've already got it sitting in the vat there. You know, you already got it sitting yeah. in a fermenter. Right. It's it's the gonna be like there for. We just talked about with a know. sixty barrel system. You don't want to dump sixty barrels. Oh, of hell no, <laughs> man. I mean, no. if you think about it this way, even if you're dumping just the raw materials that go into a, th- let's say, a thirty barrel system, um. Raw materials that go into a 30-barrel system, and then, you know, by the time you add your yeast and you do a dry hop, and then all of a sudden it's time for you to move things over, and you could tell that it's just, you know, just spoiled beyond saving, uh, that's $1,000 at least Ooh. down the batch, you know? And that that's just your that's just your grain and your water. That's not including the real estate that it was in the tank and, 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 and your man hours. Oh, and, God. Yeah, I mean. Just, just down the drain. Down the drain. I mean, Literally. yeah. <laughs> and you, so you're saying basically you can catch that with a lab setup, like you can be able to look at. Yeah, it. and you can you can identify that far along, right? Yeah, you want to. I mean, you're, you're pulling samples when you're still uh, mashing in and when you're doing your boil and yeah, everything. Like you're you're pulling water. all of that to make sure that everything's right before you even transfer it in. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, once you get it in the tank, it's you're sealed airtight and you're good to go. Okay. But, I mean, things will. I mean, you never know what's going to go wrong. But you're saying like. At least you'll know before you put it in the tank what you need to tweak beforehand, so that you're not going to end up with a whole entire sixty-gallon batch. Batch crap. Of crap. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that makes sense. That seems okay, like I mean, such all a... those breweries they have a little sight glass. If it's not coming out the right color that they're used to, there's, I mean, automatically that's a red flag. Yeah. Mm. You know. 
I've heard that several times. Actually, I think Brian's the one who talked about that. He couldn't get the color right for a certain beer, and it, it bothered him. I'm like, well, the flavor is right. Why does the color matter so much? But I guess we're judging a lot the of color it. Is yeah, the for, yeah. Yeah, so I guess it kind of goes hand in hand, yeah. you know, in, in an odd situation. Yeah, I mean, with with a lot of those, uh, uh, you know, the... the you know, your specialty grain that you're adding in because it's been roasted for a certain period at, you know, different temperatures and whatnot to, you know, to get those different roastiness or bitterness qualities out of the grain. Um, I mean, it, it, those grain, it, using certain percentages of certain grains, it's going to give you a certain color. You know, yeah. if you look at, I mean, um, I want to say in the early batches of uh, the Carolina Evening, uh, we were using the only dark malt that was in the beer. It was only like three percent of the recipe. Everything else was, you know, a, a majority of all recipes are going to be either pilsner pale, you know, pale okay. malts. No, yeah, but yeah. so we're going to give it that straw. Let's color. have a, co- a comparative percentage. Mm-hmm. You say three percent. What, what's like a normal? What's uh, comparatively? Why is three percent such a shock? It, well, it, it's such a low number, and you think about how dark that beer is. It is dark. Yeah, yeah. and to think that it's. I mean, it, if you did look that come at from it, the coffee. I mean, did you get more color from the coffee this well, uh, Yeah, I mean, you are going to get a little bit of the color from the coffee, but even, um, I mean, any stout that I've ever made, you're still not adding a whole hell of a lot of. Uh, Chocolate malt. Yeah, cho- well, chocolate malt or any type of specialty, like dark roasted malt mm-hmm. to that. Um, otherwise, it, it'll just be, I mean, almost too bitter to drink, you know, from the the, the degree that you're roasting those malts. Yeah. But, I mean, e- even e- your standard stout recipe, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of some of the stouts I've done in the past. And, I mean, I've never used any more than, like, 10%. You know, it's it's... It's amazing. It's it's the same thing we were talking about with a, you know, a little goes a long way. You know, with the beet beer earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like I I guarantee you, what you taste in that beer, you probably think that they put a thousand pounds of beets in there, but (laughs) it probably doesn't. It doesn't take a whole lot. What a risk! What a gamble! You know, because at that point you can't. By the time you add the beets or whatever, it's you're at the end, right? You, You can't just like take away beet flavor like no you dumped yeah. in what you dumped in and you're going to get what you get out of it right yeah. and that's okay yeah it's like you don't what want to go risk. too little because all it's going to really do is make it you know affect the color a little bit and how often does that probably happen like it just it's bombs like i wonder if they like tradesman's going to have the 60 barrel system i wonder if they're going to have a smaller system to test out recipes like do well, most I mean, breweries they still do have that? they, well, they still have that. stuff like that they they wouldn't do a full 60 barrel on that yeah no because you could do, you could do a half batch. batch on that yeah okay. yeah um you could use and, the same system for like a half batch doesn't yeah. take mm-hmm. anything away from it mm-hmm. okay I mean, think about it all that is is basically just a big old boiling pot I mean, I, okay yeah. yeah i mean um, when i have to actually think about it because none of this is familiar for me like i really I, we probably should have gone through the entire tour while we were there <laughs> Honestly. Well, that thing's booked out like months in advance, too. No. I don't think, they, I don't think we could have done it that day. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, shit. Never mind. Yeah, I did it a couple of months ago. Um, so you've, up, you've been this year in Nevada. So yeah, I was okay. up there for the first time end of February. Um, uh, another segue in, you know, about to open House of Brews 2 and yeah. partner with Rob. We've got to talk about um, that. Yeah, we'll get into that right after the Sierra Nevada. But, uh I did a R&D and went up there, and I mean, I've always been a huge Sierra Nevada fanboy. I mean, it's still, to this day, 
my favorite brewery. It's like if you're stranded on a desert island with one beer, Sierra Nevada, Green Label Pale Ale all day. Um, some in the fridge downstairs. We can have one. Oh, man, don't tell me that. I'm going to drink all of them. <laughs> you're our guest. Perfect. Perfect. I'm going to drink, drink all Brian's of them. beer. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I uh, went up there to do some R&D and just to kind of check out the scene. It was the first time that I had been. And, I mean, they've been open for a couple of years. But, man, you roll up there and it's like it's like an amusement park. Like I felt like I was going to Disney World because yeah. you go through the gate and you hear the angels singing. Disney World or Willy Wonka Factory? Actually, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Bush Gardens. You know, it was kind of like that. Oh, okay. You know, like uh, kind of halfway amusement park. Halfway, you know, nature trail and yeah. Oh, now that I say that, because Bush Gardens has the Anheuser Busch tie, and that's probably not the best. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> we don't give it. We talk. Yeah. We talk about craft beer, but fuck it, we'll talk about whatever beer. Oh yeah, we'll talk about beer? what will eventually give us money. Yeah, whoever gives us uh-huh. money, we'll talk about that shit. Yeah. No, we don't. We're not gonna sell them, but maybe we will. <laughs> I would be that guy that was hard brewery and immediately sell. Dude, out then there you could get a you could get a Mick Ultra tattoo. I will. Pay me. <laughs> I will. Pay me money. I'll put it right here. You guys heard it here first. Prime real estate for Oh, he's pointing space. right on the left forearm. The big Look old at all Nick this space. Ultra. Look at all the space. That script would look this, so sweet right there, too. It would. Embev. <laughs> Drink Mickel Ultra. Yeah, so. Uh, It'd be ironic. Sorry. Oh, no, yeah, you're good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, Ooh, I can't do that. That's Mickel over there, right? Or is that Miller? Who's, who's Ice House? It doesn't matter. Doesn't so matter, you yeah. went to Sierra Nevada. Went there, checked it out. Uh, it was just, I mean, my mind was blown. That place is amazing. Mm-hmm. The The food was great. Um, yeah. We we booked in, in enough time to where uh, I got to like do the like the 60-minute guided tour. And it's totally worth it, man. Looking, if you're planning on going to Asheville, like plan a month out. And as soon as you book your Airbnb or whatever, you staying up there. Like, you should probably book uh, the Sierra Nevada tour and then plan your vacation around that. But it was it was fantastic. Like they lead you in the hop room. Like they put you down in there. You grab hops and you have to rub them in your hands and smell them. And oh. it's like it's like, hey, all right, all right, you're in the hop room now. It's all refrigerated. And it's like, could just walk around to one of the bins and pick whatever hop. And there's like big plastic like hotel laundry bin, Chinook, right next to it, Centennial, right next to that, Cascade, right next to that. Uh, Citra. The seven you know. seas we're working on right here. Hmm? The seven seas. Yeah, all the yeah, Chinook, Cascade, Citra, Centennial, yeah, yeah all the hops, yeah. But it's like everything that Sierra Nevada does is it's, it's like all their hops are right there and it's all fresh whole cone hops and uh, you know, they tell oh, you so it's not even pellets, it's like no. the Oh yeah, or... it's yeah. Oh, and, wow. I mean they're pressed they're they're flaked like pressed pellets, so okay. you know. Um but still you, you reach over and you, you you grab a hop cone right out of the out of a bin and then everybody meets in the middle of the room and they're like all right now smack your hands together and like really and then you gotta do all this to break it up and they're like all right now really get in there and smell it and just like oh my god i wish i could drink this right now (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing yeah go it's a 60 minute tour it's still free all you got to do is sign up on the website and give them you know your email address and they oh it's free yeah free tour and you get beer at the end what does it even matter? That's what those guys were doing at the bar. There's well, I knew that much, but I didn't think it was free. There's a bar right at the top. I expected it to be like sixty dollars. That, that's what no, I was, was waiting for. Free ninety nine. Free. Wow. 
I mean, they have a five-star restaurant, in my opinion. That thing was fancy. The food was delicious. The food's amazing. We had some pickled vegetables that just oh, those were blew long. our mind. Yeah. Yeah. And we sat in, like, four different spots the entire time we were there. <laughs> and every single spot felt totally different, but yet very welcoming, mm-hmm. very warm. The whole design of the building was just, it is a phenomenal that, spot. Yeah, they, they did it right. And they they really really did, and I mean it's it's nice to know that uh, that's what three and a half four hours away mm-hmm. tops. Right. I mean that's that's our mountain getaway really. Three five. I live in Vegas and I could go the same distance about three and a half hours maybe four to a Stone Brewing Company out in Escondido mm-hmm. California. Very similar feel to Sierra Nevada, maybe even a more welcoming but similar type acreage and theme uh, type thing, but. I felt like it felt a little more homey, not quite as, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Commercial? Braggy, commercial maybe. Warm? No, not warm. Maybe know, just air- felt more warm. Kind of arrogant, you know, because that kind of is the whole stone yeah. kind of thing. But you know? stone was a little more welcoming, I thought. No, he said the warm. opposite. Yeah, he the opposite. Sierra was oh, arrogant. warmer, a really? little more inviting, a little more family. Hmm. Oh. I don't know. It just it had a different feel to it. Maybe it's just because it's California versus East Coast. West Coast versus East Coast thing, but yeah, you saying family made me not want to go there. <clears throat> not really family, I guess. But I if I gotta deal with both, kids, I'm out. They both are amazing, but I think I give Stone a tad bit more. That's not fair to you throw out because we haven't been to both. Uh-huh. So now you have to go. You yeah. Go there. Well, fuck you, man. That's expensive. <laughs> and I haven't been to the original Sierra Nevada. I like to see what the original one looks like compared to this one. Yeah. True. But True. It was a hell of a complex. I don't know of any other brewery on the East Coast that has done the same thing. I've yet to see anything on the East Coast that that's like that. Um, yeah. You know, while I was up there, Find we did. Stones uh, supposed to be coming to Virginia. Right? Yeah, they're in Richmond now. They are there. Uh, you know, don't go. I don't think that facility is open. <laughs> yeah. But I know that. I mean, that was the, the the whole thing between for the 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 Stone Law here. You know, that was trying to get them here, and that was what three, four years ago now. Yeah. Man, if we had a complex, they said they chose Virginia. I, you know, I'll be honest. The day, the day that it came down, I knew it wasn't going to happen, and it's the main reason from, you know, being a musician and working in live music venues for for years, it was always tough to get bands to pass through here because, you know, if you're shooting right down I ninety five, you can hit Richmond, you can hit DC, you can hit Raleigh, but then if you want to do Charleston, you got to take twenty six, and then that puts you. You know, hour and a half, two hours out, and then you got to backtrack. So it's not exactly a, a straight shot as far as you know for for touring bands are, the, that are concerned. Right. And then um, if you look at the logistics of it, as far as a a massive brewery like that is concerned, if they would have built a facility in Charleston, you've got essentially one way in, one way out. You're not going to send eighteen wheelers up and down seventeen. I mean, you will to Myrtle Beach. Right. But. Uh, other than that, I mean, you got to send everything up twenty six. That's a good point. That's that's huge, and you know, the, the, the it's one of the infrastructure Charleston uh, problems that we've been talking about in Charleston for ages now. And uh, I, I knew I was like, hey guys, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna help, I'm gonna do everything I can. But Stone was a long shot. Okay, it really so was. but it definitely opened up a, a, a lot of avenues, and it, it definitely got people thinking, and 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 really focused on it because arrogant bastard is one of those old beers that you know that was another one of those gateway beers stone ipa is another gateway beer mm-hmm. um 
and the, the people got interested are like, oh, I'm familiar with Stone. Oh, hell yeah, I want to have a Stone brewery. Yeah, I'm going to support craft beer. And guess what didn't happen? We didn't get Stone. But guess what happened on top of that? We got 15 other breweries here in town. Yeah. And we got a lot of a lot of top tier, I mean, high quality beer that's coming out of this town. I would say that's better. Quite actually. a few. They got Oscar Blues, New Belgium, you know, Sierra Nevada. Yeah. Those guys. I mean, it, quite a few. Forty-four breweries is quite a few. I'd say so. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's shit. We're at twenty-seven. No, I think we're over thirty. We're getting close uh, with with, with breweries and planning and and. It's somewhere around here. Yeah. I, I, In the ballpark. Yeah. It's it's a lot. And, and they are open, Richmond, Virginia, Stone uh, Brewing Company. Same kind of comp. Is it big complex? No, I'm just saying, like, look, doesn't look the same. If you're looking at a big complex, so basically they one, just built a production facility. Yeah, that's sad. We still got bistros and gardens and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Actually, let's take that idea. So, what about like is the St. George Ridgeville area? Do you think because there's plenty of land for that kind of complex there? Yeah. And it's kind of in between Charleston and other locations like yeah. Savannah that you can hit. I think. That might be a decent area to start off that kind of like Disney World, Charlie and Chocolate Factory style. Yeah, which I mean, you you'd have to put a lot in around it there. Um, yeah, and you'd have would, to get the clientele. Yeah, and it would make it a destination. It would. I, mean, um, I feel like Sierra Nevada. Is, well, no, because right outside of Asheville. So you're, you're right got, outside of Asheville. Damn, yeah. you're right. That's a good point. Uh, you know, if honestly, I can't even think of an area where you you could put something big like that and still have. The, the road infrastructure and the logistics to, to, to pull it off to get your beer out. You know, I mean, it, you're dealing with a, with a time-sensitive uh, uh, project, uh, product in beer, and you also have a product that's extremely sensitive to heat, and it's hot as shit here. <laughs> you know, even running refrigerated trucks, man, that's, that's a lot of money. You ready? Not if you're just gonna give up and actually pull it out. Let's see. We're talking about beers. No, we're not. (laughs) Well, since we're talking about Sierra Nevada, we're gonna do a Sierra Nevada trip to the woods. Oh wow! We're drinking this now. This is what we're drinking. Yeah, that's what we're drinking right now. I thought we were gonna drink this on our own. So you are you're lucky. That looks awesome. We got this when we were up there visiting. Nice. Barrel aged raspberry barley wine. Raspberry Bigfoot. Yeah, Bigfoot, exactly. Uh, let's see, Trip to the Woods. Doesn't say anything about this, really. Doesn't so. even listen to ABV on untapped. How dare they? I'm probably going to say about 12.6. It's probably on the label. Those are, they kind of vary. So, oh, Bigfoot's... 9.9, a, actually. Oh, that's not oh bad. wow. Bigfoot's a cool beer because uh, Sierra Nevada uses, you know, they, they call it their Chico Ale Yeast. That's what they use for their green label. Chico, California. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a yeast strain that um, I mean obviously they own the rights to it whether or not they originally developed it I'm not real sure um, but uh, so Bigfoot is actually fermented with that same Chico ale yeast that, that they do uh, regular Sierra Nevada pale ale with which is interesting um, they also Bigfoot is also uh, done via open fermentation really yep I did not. Did you see the, the uh, in their restaurant? They've got some the open fermentation vats right there. Did not pay attention that much. Oh yeah, yeah. They have some big old stainless steel, big square tanks right in the front. It was funny. We went there for lunch. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll have we'll have lunch and a beer. 
And then it was like, what, three beers later? Yeah, that's what happened to us At when least we went up, too. Yeah. But the food was good, too. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was worth it. You really can't go for just one. It was amazing. You've got to go for multiples. So I'm very excited for this because we got this in the, that's about the little it. gift shop that we that's went to. We yeah. I'm glad we can share you, this. You bought one, too, didn't you? Didn't you get some? I did. But we're saving that for yeah. a later episode. Mm-hmm. Right, so you want that? Yeah, let me let me say that one more time. So pretty. Right. Yeah, this looks uh, fantastic. Yeah, let's cheers again. Cheers. Right, I like that. Cheers to all the the educational things going on right oh, now. Oh yeah, man. Cheers. I feel so smart now. <laughs> it's the beer. Right, it definitely is making me smarter. Drink more beer. Wow, that's a, for a barley wine. That's all like. It's refreshing. You get that little tart raspberry. Oh man, you can really smell the raspberry. Raspberry is huge, but like as soon as you, you like, totally different than that. Uh, one twenty. Yeah. Which is you know not considered a barley wine, but it definitely is. Oh my Ale god. and barrels with raspberries oh. added. What type of barrels were used on this? Oh my god. I literally um, just made a molten lava cake raspberry chocolate. Like you break it open and it oozes out. Raspberry and this tastes almost identical on a beer front. Like the raspberry is is there, but it's also overlaying the the dark body, like sweet malts and what you would get from the a classic barley wine. Yeah, it's f- so good. Yeah. Each beer has matured in a wooden cask originally used to age mellow spirits. It's interesting. Like yeah. I, I get a little bit of barrel, like I get a little bit of oak on it, but. Yeah, I need to go back up and get one and age it because this is brand new. I mean, it's it's only got 14 check-ins. Oh, wow. Um, and this guy yeah. says, uh, for me, best trip in the woods to date, what this guy says. Wow. Not overly berry or woody, a mellowed version of Bigfoot, hints of vanilla. Can you and I get it here? You probably could. Maybe. Yeah, I know uh, a lot of the trip in the woods beers, uh, they, they do get distro. Do you think uh, Total Wine would have it? Yeah, there's a good chance. Probably, yeah. yeah, Total Wine, um, you probably definitely find it at Bills as well. I know they do quite a bit with the, the trip in the woods. I mean, you can drive 45 minutes and buy it, or you can take a whole day trip and drive four hours. I'd rather go out there and get it. There you go. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't expensive. I mean, pretty, well, see, the pretty weird common thing, for that size bottle. Yeah, you know, the, the one thing I noticed about all the um, every brewery that I went to up there. Um, the beers on tap, everything ranged, you know, is usually about, um, you know, five, six bucks a pour, mm-hmm. which was nice. But, uh, like Sierra Nevada and, um, let's see, Burial, uh, High Wire, New Belgium, all those places, like they're, they're, the bottles that they had for off premise, they were, I mean, it, it was cheap. Yeah. It was yeah. really cheap. Like, it, like, much cheaper than, you know, it, Anywhere else that I've seen, you know, any part of the country that I've gone to visit breweries, I always feel like, you know, which pay a total wine is say, you know, if you pick that up a total wine for, let's say, 20 bucks, you know, I feel like uh, I've been to places where you go to the brewery and it's 20 bucks, whereas in Asheville, you know, 12 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. We also walked into a, at New Belgium, they had a sale on a couple of their old vintages of La Folie for nine ninety nine a bottle. That was ridiculous. Yeah, wow. Yeah, <laughs> that was bad. Top, top ten probably as well. I love. That I don't one. think I've had that one. Yeah, brown sour brown ale. Yeah, it's done oh, their wow. photos out in uh at their Colorado facility, but it is, yeah, it's oh, really really amazing. good. So you can only buy these cold. 
If you're aging it, you're going to age it in like a closet or a pantry a dark, or something. Dark closet Does it yeah. matter that you get it cold and then you age it warm? Which wouldn't it be well, preferable to get it warm and age it warm? Well, yeah, I mean, and beer's then, coming out of the tanks cold, so yeah, keep it consistent, keep it cold. Um, so like you, up at Coast, we keep all of our beer refrigerated. So you can age it in a refrigerator. Um, to a certain temperature, uh, otherwise you're going to kind of uh, uh, stop that aging process because it's stayed chilled, um, and that's why they say a beer cellar. I mean, most wine cellars and everything. You want to keep it cellared about 55 degrees. Oh, exactly. I did not know so, that. I was saying, I was just guessing, but 55. Yeah, I literally 55. had no idea. So that's why, I mean, obviously in South Carolina, nobody has a basement here. Or, <laughs> well, not in Charleston or the outlying areas. <laughs> um, yeah, basically you have an underground swimming pool. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you keep it cellared around 55 degrees, uh, that's when you are going to start noticing a lot of those changes um, and most beer you want to consume, even if you're selling it, you know, within five to 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, that's just me personally, that's but then again, I've only I mean, been yeah, really storing and selling beers for about a decade. Right? It's gotta be a point where it gives up and says, okay, I'm done. Oh yeah. And I mean, I, I've even had beers like batched uh, out of the same batch that were barrel aged. And, you know, sometimes those, uh, those, uh, oxygenated caps, they don't fix right. Yeah. And I've had some beers that have tasted amazing and then tried the same beer a couple of weeks later or months later and that cap wasn't sealed right and the beer tasted like rust. Yeah. You know. So um, it, it it really is a gamble, but it's no different than, you know, if you're putting money into a wine cellar. Oh, we opened one during the uh, relay and I can't remember what Mike Stafford brought. He's part of our beer underground, Somerville Underground. Group. Yeah. He brought um God damn it, what the fuck did he bring? <laughs> it was like twenty ten or something. It was an old goddamn <laughs> bottle. And wow. it tasted like soy sauce. Oh, oh I can't remember no. what the hell it was <coughs> for the life of me right now. Oh, with beer? Oh, God. We had some type of um, it was some old uh, British ale that sat on the shelves at House of Brews. It was a 06. Like, it was an old vintage that Rob had gotten in, like, when he first opened in 2011. And uh, it sat back there. And finally, one night, we're like, all right, fuck it. Let's just open this thing up and see what it's like. And, um... It was the first beer. Actually, I take that back. It was the second beer. My first beer being my first homebrew because that was disgusting. That almost <laughs> made me give up on homebrewing altogether. Um, but this thing, it, it, I think there was a group of about five or six of us that opened this up. And I want to say like three or four of us ended up dry heaving. Like it was disgusting. It, is, oh. it got to the point where it was no longer beer and it had become like balsamic vinegar. Yeah. We and not even good balsamic. We didn't dry heave. We actually drank it and... Um just decided we're just going to accept accept it for what it was. And I do remember it was Sam Adams, but I don't remember what the beer was. But it was definitely a Sam Adams okay. beer. It was a 12-ounce bottle. Ooh. Mm. It was um, mm. the soy sauce all the way. Mm. What are we talking about? Yeah. Soy sauce. This beer is so it's good. Barrel aging and uh, uh, aging of beers. But that's uh, the great thing about it, though. That you was can being do, sarcastic. You do what they call a, a vertical, and we've talked about this before too, where you you, you have a 2012, a 2013, 14, 15, you just taste yeah. them all back to back. Uh-huh. You do that a lot with the Abyss and with the uh, Old Rasputin. Bigfoot. Yeah, Bigfoot big is, big is another big, is big, big one. one. I did that just the other week with uh, the, is it the Somerville Underground? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I did, did see that someone did a, a bunch of was, different Bigfoots. Yep. Yeah, I'm a member of that group, but living in West Ashley, it's like, 
Ooh, that's a yeah. that's a that's a long night on a Monday for me to come up and. There it was, is, because I mean, they used to be big, like 15, 16 people, and you're talking from six o'clock to nine plus. It's like less than ten now. Hardcore beers. Yeah, and 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 a lot of stuff that people bring to the shares like that, they're not measly beers. Like you're not gonna find, like, hey, check out this five and a half percent pilsner. Yeah, you know, everybody's going big. <laughs> yeah, going you need to do that here. Well, I know Mike Carkin's talking about doing it. In his garage, since he Fuck put yeah. the, the, the Gray's bar in there from the... Yeah, from yeah, the, yeah. From let's do a location. He's remote, doing some tastings there. Remote podcast. We'll have, like, one camera or mic set up. We'll just sit and chat and drink and film the whole thing. That's going to get ugly quick. I am already <laughs> making more work for myself. Yeah, you are. You like doing Fuck. that, don't you? I do that when I drink a lot. I get excited about the future. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good time, I think. I, Mike keeps posting all the pictures of this bar, and it looks so awesome. Looks I want to be there. Yeah. Like the moment he started posting pictures, I'm like, I want to do a remote podcast there. It it's just amazing. Looks great. I mean, it must have had so much lacquer. I don't know how it survived. How did it survive the fire? I think it was it was far enough front that because the fire happened in the kitchen that they were able to kind of, kind of catch it. And um, the the guys that are the the contractors that are doing uh, the new house of brews, they are uh, the guys that built that bar. And when they found out that Michael was able to salvage it, they were ecstatic. Oh, I bet. That's they were a big so point. happy. Yeah. yeah. Our bars even survive a fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that was a great looking bar, too. Yeah. I love good. that bar. Yeah. The resalvage. Exactly. Still a bar. You so should bring sad. it out to the event. But that would be. <laughs> bring your bar out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that would be such a good idea, I think. You know, I mean, if a homegrown for sale, which I think kind of maybe plays into. Maybe the underground dying a little bit. You know, there's there's less enthusiasm for a place that's trying to hit up another owner. I think, for me at least, you know, I don't. Maybe I'm the only one. No, yeah, that's some of it for sure. Okay, well, okay. Thanks for the reassurance. At the very <laughs> end, that was, that was that was great. Yeah. I don't know, but maybe it just. I don't know what happened. I was never a part of the underground in the very beginning, so I don't really know what how it dissipated. I don't know what happened there. So I'm just trying I mean, to people think People just of, got busy, and there's so much more to do nah, that's not on a Monday thing. night. I, I think the, the, the big, well, the hardest thing for me was that it, it was always on a Monday night. But right. I can understand that's a night where, I mean, it, I mean he's, well, obviously he's open on Mondays. I know yeah, for a while it, yeah, he, he wasn't open on Mondays. Yeah, he has time to pour beers to us on a Monday versus... Absolutely. I mean, you're definitely not going to do that on Monday, Friday or Saturday. You yeah. know, I was doing blind tastings for a while for a group of guys that were studying for the Cicerone. And um, we would do them. We, we, at first, I was like, oh, let's do them on Sunday night and see how that goes. But I get that whole Sunday fun day crew. And it's like, well, shit, now I can't really pay attention. And I was like, all right, I'll start doing it on Monday nights. And it, it was, I guess it was kind of the same thing. But then again, I was doing it like every Monday night. Ooh. And it was like it, the faithful kind of fell off. But at the same time, this was a group of guys that were like, okay, here's the date for the next Cicerone. Like, we have to do this. And we need someone that's gonna, you know, kind of try us on some tried and true styles. Yeah. You know, but it, it yeah, Monday's, uh, it, it's tough. It's like, you know, damn if you do, damn if you don't. You know, you'd have a great turnout if you did it on a Friday or Saturday, but you're cutting in, I mean, it's, it's impossible. Well, yeah. I feel like it's appealing to someone in my personality that you're going to a, you're not going to a bar where there's going to be the chance of other people showing up. You're going to someone's, like Mike Harkin's bar, like in his garage. Oh, in his garage, You know yeah, that you're not going to hit like story. a whole bunch of unexpected people. You're literally just meeting 
the people of the underground. I think that's so appealing. Yeah. You're you're not going to have like the random people in the background talking about fucking bullshit that you don't care about yeah. while you're trying to focus on listening to this style of beer and, and focus on a conversation with your mm-hmm. friends and maybe you, you're not all at the bar so you can kind of converse better. To me, it's more appealing yeah. not in a commercial right, situation. A nice, a nice lounge setting Yeah, yeah. around the table like this or something instead of sitting at the bar stools, you know, lined up where you're not, I'm I mean, here and number 16 guys way down here. We can't even talk to each other. You can't. Yeah. And, and not only that, I mean, if you're sitting at a bar and you're doing that, I mean, you're, you're looking forward. No one's looking at each other. I mean, it's almost like a round table kind of situation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, guys that make beer the first time they try beer I guarantee you they're not going and sitting at their tasting room just staring at the taps you know? <laughs> somebody just said the most important thing ever is a round table situation we need to set it up where it's a giant fucking round table and we yeah. all sit around this round table you can like you said just well, I mean, you can look at each other and have shit, a you can have a rectangle table just pull this out from the wall you know mm-hmm. uh, but uh, absolutely I mean and you know the, the one thing that I've, I've learned about uh, beer over the years is that you know uh, it's it's completely subjective. It's all about what you like and what you don't like. And um, I mean, we all see those people. And oh, God damn it, I used to see it on Untapped all the time, and it still drives me nuts. Lay it you, on us. You make an awesome beer, and it's something that you take a lot of pride in. And for me, it was the Vienna Lager at Oak Road. Like Vienna Lager has always been one of my favorite styles. Mm-hmm. I love it because it's an easy drinking beer, but it has a great body, great mouthfeel. They're they're fantastic. Um, Devil's Backbone Vienna Lager is one of my all time favorites. Before they sold out to Anheuser Busch, uh, <laughs> I still consider Yingling to be a great example of a mm-hmm. of a, an adjunct Vienna Lager. Um, we'll but like I took a lot of pride in that beer, and it came out, and it was great. We loved it, and I still love it. But then you'd look on Untapped and you'd see someone that's like, one star. I generally don't like this style, but they do a good job of it. Yeah. Then why in the fuck did you leave a review? Yeah. You know, it's no different than I don't like seafood, so I'm gonna go to this seafood restaurant and I'm gonna leave a bullshit review because I don't like seafood. Is that their fault? No. Yeah. You know? It's but you know, with beer, it's it's so subjective. And I think that like when you sit at people, uh, sit at, at anywhere, and the one thing I always loved about House of Brews is that there's only four seats at that bar. You have to get a beer, and if you're lucky to sit there at the bar, yeah, you're going to have conversation because there's only three other people sitting there. Mm-hmm. Maybe two if you're a lard ass like me because I take up two spots. I've never gotten a seat at that bar. Yeah, really? but, I mean, you're going to grab a beer. You're going to go outside, or you're going to go sit in the front, you know, the patio area. And, yeah. it, you know, it, it's a bunch of tables, and it, it it's one of those situations where it forces you to... Uh, converse about beer because that's why you're there you know and you know uh, like you know I'm, I'm not going to take away from Caleb but you, you put TVs in there but one thing I loved about Caleb for the longest time I still love him for this he was very anti-TV yep I and like, yeah. you know it, it, in, in a situation like that where it should be that intimate you know scenario of craft beer yeah hell yeah okay so let me but I mean, hold on. I, I mean, no, don't, I don't want to take away still, from him getting. You don't TVs even notice all. the TVs in there. No, and you know the, the funny what? thing is, is that serious? today I didn't even notice that there was a disagree. TV in there before disagree. before you said something. Really, I totally yeah. disagree. I mean, from working there so much, and I I'm, I'd sit there all the fucking time. Uh, I totally see more people staring at TVs all the time. Really? I am far more cognizant about what's on the TV than and, ever before. Man, when and I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think. 
that the environment there, no offense, Caleb, but it's a little awkward. It's quiet. It's uncomfortable. You got random music that people don't identify with. And then you have, like, random TVs with, like, random sports. I'm like, okay, well, fuck, I'm not. We're listening to old rock. That's cool. That's what my grandfather listened to. That's what my dad listened to. It's not what I listened to. It's not what I identify yeah. with. It doesn't put me in the mood. I think there's always a problem with the music up there. I'll be honest with you. I mean, from a from a patron standpoint, I don't I don't mind that much. I'll, I'll listen to whatever the fuck you want to put on. But right. I've heard. But you're being complacent. You're being complacent at the same time. Like, okay, I'll deal with it. But I've you heard, don't want to go to a place to drink beer and say like, okay, I'm going to deal with the atmosphere. You want to go there and like. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. This is, atmosphere I mean, makes me want to drink more. Here's the thing. There's no consistent atmosphere there. Exactly. Anytime you go in there, it's a different atmosphere. Like, if you go to Common House Airworks, you know you're going to hear some rockabilly type. Uh, yeah, it's going to be bluegrass, Americana. Bluegrass music. Yeah. You know what you're getting into. You're going to sit back in your rocking chair. You're going to deal with it. You're going to not deal with it, but you're going to enjoy it. You're yeah. going to get into that mode. Yeah. There's no mode to get into at Homegrown Brewhouse. You're on guard all the Whoever's time. Whoever's working has a little different style of music. A little nothing. Play. It's They're a totally different, things different on the TV. thing. It's a different experience every time you go in, which could be good in and of itself. No, I disagree. Businesses rely on consistency. They, they rely on consistency. God right. damn, what did I start? <laughs> no, that's true, though, because people got to think this stuff through. If you're going to be a business owner, you need to know what's going to be successful. Yeah. Not that we're the experts. Well, not so much that you need to be... It's so cognizant of like what people want and need from you. I'm like, that's good. That's going to allow you to have a successful business. But consistency is so valuable. If right. people know what they're going for, then they know when they can go to you. And sometimes they, as a business owner, you get blinders on. You say, hey, yeah. this is what I want. But you're not the one paying the bills. Your customers are paying the bills. What yeah. do your customers want? Sometimes there has to be a compromise there. Fuck what you want, man. If it's, it's, it's really dicking you over and you're not being able to like pay your bills... Then your opinion means shit. You should listen to your customers because to an extent. they're the ones that are going to help you pay for it. At least in the beginning, you have to do that. You, you got to. In the beginning. Yeah, well, exactly. Once you have fuck you money, then you say fuck you. Yeah, but I mean, you can't just immediately start a business and say fuck you because honestly. Yeah, you better have a lot of fucking money behind you. Exactly. You that, You're not going to work. And you had some points to this, I think. Because you said, quote unquote, where do I start? Yeah. And I would love to hear that. I mean, you've got a lot of. I mean, you're getting ready to open your own business yourself. So yeah, you are. Yeah. Let's so, actually. Let's these things. What a great segue. Let's get into that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've, uh, I've partnered with uh, Rob Davis uh, with House of Brews. And uh, we're going to open up a second House of Brews location in, uh, in West Ashley. Um, I've lived in West Ashley now for almost 20 years. Uh, my mom grew up in West Ashley, so it's always been home. Um, I remember coming and visit. I mean, my dad was in the Air Force, so I was an Air Force brat. But my grandparents uh, still live in the same house that uh, we used to visit as kids. So uh, West Ashley, especially way out in West Ashley, has always been home. And um, I've been talking about doing a craft beer bar out there for years. And uh, the time was right. And, um, you know, I had a little money to invest. And Rob had a little bit because he's a millionaire out there in Mount Pleasant. (laughs) (laughs) And... um, He's more books free out there. Oh, I don't know, man. I mean, we're close <laughs> enough to the Ashley River where, uh, yeah, there, there's some humdingers out there where, where we're at, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we um, we spent a couple of months looking for a place because we kind of wanted to carry over the uh, the same kind of uh, attitude and mentality of the, the, the Mount Pleasant store, which is, you know, no frills, laid back. 
super, super cool watering hole. Um, I I worked for I worked for Rob over at the, his store for a little over two years, like I said earlier. And uh, one of the coolest things that I ever heard, it was some dude that just randomly showed up. I think he was in town for a revival a couple of years ago and came in like the night before. Thank you. Um, and of course, never heard of the place or never been to the place. He heard about it, uh, whether or not it was through Google or just word of mouth because he's, you know, beer nerd coming to Charleston. But someone told him, check out House of Brews. This guy comes in and. You know, he was, he was feeling pretty righteous, and uh, he just came to me, and he was like, man, I feel like I'm at the coolest house party I've ever been to with the most kick-ass beer selection. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's it's totally true. It really is. I mean, it's, it's you know, you, you feel like you're at a house party with just anything that you would want as far as uh, craft beer is concerned. That's, what a great atmosphere. It, it's really cool. So uh, Rob and I spent months trying to find... Uh, a location in West Ashley to um, to to build House of Brews too, and um, we wanted to find something standalone, and we wanted to find something with parking, which is damn near impossible in this town. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we found something. A little over four months. Um, I feel like that's not bad. It, it it really isn't, and the thing is, is that it's a spot that I kind of looked at, you know, just driving by, and I was like, man. <laughs> And then the first time, like, I actually, when Rob called me and he was like, yo, you know where this address is? And as soon as he told me, like, the street address, it's like, I kind of know where that is on actually River Road. And then uh, he, I'm on the phone with him and I put him on speakerphone and I Google map it. And I was like, yep, I know exactly where that is. And as soon as it clicked, I was like, man, like, why didn't I just listen to my gut about that place like a month ago? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, 2376 uh, Ashley River Road. Um, in like the heart of West Ashley, um, in between, uh, Sunflower Cafe and Pub on 61 and, uh, Easterby Seafood Restaurant. Yeah. It used to be the old, uh, it was a DNR truck and auto. It was a used car lot slash U-Haul rental place. So, uh, the building's got, uh, some really, really awesome high ceilings cause it was a, you know, it's got a, a two bay mechanics bay. Um, we're going to keep it all closed in. Um. Going to do a little more focus on uh, on wine. Uh, so it'll be craft beer and wine. Um, and uh, got a huge area out back. There's a massive uh, oak tree back there. Um, yeah, we're going to put a deck out there. We've been talking about... Uh, there was a period of time we were talking about building a shuffleboard uh, Dude, court out there. That's a great idea. Oh, yeah, it's very popular. Like the barrel? Yeah, like the barrel. Yeah, right. yeah doing the same thing. Um, but it's just it's a lot of real estate. And then they were like... Let's do bocce. Oh so, my god! If you do a bocce setup, so we're gonna yeah we're gonna do a bocce setup. That's uh, my favorite. I've already zero. built yeah we've already built a couple of cornhole boards, um, giant oh, jenga what? of course. Yeah, uh, and the good news is is that where we're at there, with that prime real estate on Highway sixty one, we'll be able to do food trucks. So I'm gonna do uh, we're gonna do food trucks uh, Wednesday through Sunday. Probably uh, the Sunday truck will have more of an emphasis on being there during the brunch hours. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a brunch truck, but, you know, catch that, that brunch crowd. Um, and uh, my tattooist, uh, his wife is a, uh, a yoga instructor, and she's actually approached me about doing, uh, doing yoga classes on uh, probably going to be Monday nights. Ooh. So we'll do, uh, 
uh, Jason Eisenberg, Holy City Tattoo. Okay. Yeah, so his wife, Jessica. Okay. Um, uh, Jason and I were hanging out a couple of weeks ago, and I was filling him in on everything. And uh, she was sitting right there, and she was just like, hey, come here, let's talk. And I, I think it's a great idea. You know, I, I see how well that, uh, you know, you see like Frothy Beer doing their run club, and, and, and you've got uh, Beth doing uh, Bindi Brewski. And I, I definitely see, I, I love the fact that I love drinking beer. I don't look like I exercise, but I mean, I still play soccer twice a week. And I, I mean, I still run and everything. It's just. You got to maintain. Yeah, I got to maintain. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a physique. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, ladies. My eyes are up here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that whole active lifestyle, I love that craft beers really embrace that. And I feel like. You know, I thought about the run club, but being on Highway 61, I might as well call it a roadkill club. Um, so I feel like yoga might be the best thing to do. <laughs> I think that's great. Yeah, let's do off the roads. Yeah. I haven't done that one. My brother's done it a couple of times, the frothy beard one. He said it's definitely kind of sketchy. Done. But I, I want to. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. But what I was about to say, you know, despite some of the people we've had on the podcast, you know, we don't even, we don't just talk supporting local. We actually follow through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you need help, building setting up painting whatever it is like you let us know oh hell yeah i mean brian or i will, will be there i'm gonna speak 100%. for him in this situation you know yeah hell yeah man i love we're, it man. we like to back up our word we definitely <coughs> right. like i mean we want people to help us and oh absolutely we want to spread yeah. that push that forward and, and help other people that are getting started doing new things whatever, absolutely so. well, i mean we definitely appreciate it we love it and uh i mean yeah, I mean, podcast aside, I mean, I've known you guys for a couple of years now. True. And True. we've shared a couple of beers together. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, this is so awesome that you guys are doing this. This is great. And I love the fact that, you know. We're loving thank it, too. You. Yeah, and I, I feel like, if anything, this is this is going to be the outlet in this area to get what all of us are trying to do out into the market. You know, I love that you guys had Joey on. You know, uh, love that guy like a brother. You know, he's fucking amazing. You know, he's a great awesome. show. Yeah. good conversation with him. And he's actually, he's actually one hell of a soccer player too, man. Really? You should see that kid on the field. Fuck. He can fucking move. Dude, he whooped my ass in Mario Kart. I'm still mad oh, about man, it. Oh, man, I do still not play. Still mad about dude, it. Dude, dude, Joey and I, uh, we were playing FIFA together online. Oh, like, no. at, Well, as a team with headsets on. It was me, Joey, and Steve. And it got way too fucking heated because it was the three of us as a team, and you know we all played, we, and we all played fairly competitively, you know, all through high, high school and college. So you know, like the three of us, like, all right, do this, you know, move it back, reset, do this, and it, it was crazy. <laughs> it got it got way too heated. So I can only imagine Joey with Mario Kart. No. <laughs> I mean, granted, this was like after episode, so I was. I'm not going to give myself excuses because I thought I could perform under the influence of alcohol. Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Mario Kart. Yeah, he, yeah oh, believe me, I've been there too. I've been there too. He just wiped the floor with me. It was nothing to him. He's like, he was, I'm just having a good time. It's a light stroll in the afternoon. It did seem pretty effortless. Effortless. Him, but. Yeah, it was effortless for me to fuck up and lose. Yeah, I mean, he was just like in his own. He just killed it. Killed he was, it. He was looking at it and like winking and stuff. I should have filmed it, man. It was like an epic <laughs> yeah. betrayal. I got to have a, like a, a challenge to redo him. You should have. Yeah. Well, maybe we will. Yes, maybe we sure. will. Maybe we will. Ooh, what's this guy doing over here? 
I'm taking video. I got. I just remembered. I haven't got any video <laughs> while you guys have been doing this. I remember. Uh, what time are we at? In here. You're the longest uh, person that we've had in like the past four episodes. Yeah, and that's because I'm long-winded and I don't know how to shut up. Well, that's great. I mean, that's good for us. We it like works. people who can keep talking. Yeah. And this, this felt more like a good conversation right. rather than an interview, in right. my opinion. So yeah. when do we expect this uh, House of Brews West Asheville? Well, uh, with everything the way it's going right now, we're playing the hurry up and wait game. Uh, we're pretty much just, you know, one step closer and moving down the old bureaucratic conveyor belt. Um, but we are shooting for our, our original date, which was ballsy as fuck was uh charleston beer week which uh september yeah september yeah yeah this september oh shit man so uh with everything said and done right now we're hoping for hopefully uh end of october so like we're we're not fucking around like we are ready to go let me know man i got muscles i got the guns out it's hot i'm ready let's do this (laughs) I'm gonna have to wear a tank top. I'm I was like supposed a, to wear a tank top last last episode. I'm like a Caesar's pizza. Me. I'm hot and ready, bro. <laughs> ready to do it. No, work. that's a little Caesars. Oh, that is hot. For oh, for Caesars, it's all you can eat for three ninety nine, and you don't want to advertise 3.99? that. Three ninety nine. Yeah, you don't get all you can eat on me for three ninety nine. That's a little bit more. Well, five ninety nine. <laughs> Let's make it more more. <laughs> it's amazing. It's it's more regular for people's budget. Is it's Caesar's really three ninety nine? I don't know. That's that's a crazy. What are you what are you mumbling over there? <laughs> I can't get my mic in the right position. What do you it's mean you can't get it right? It doesn't even move. That's what I was saying. It was one moving position. too much. It was like all loosey goosey. I had to tighten things down. Over crazy, here. crazy. Yeah. What else we got? Me. What else we have to we have to hit on? I'm not gonna lie. I got to pee again. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, shit. We might as well close mm-hmm. it up. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if anything. Well, we're at two thirty right now. Damn, really? You're killing it. Damn, oh, killing it, Chris. Love it. I love it too. Damn, this has been good. High episode. fives all around. Shit, yeah. Guys, thank you all so much. Thank you. This has yeah. been awesome, man. I, I can't wait to come back. Oh, we I can't wait to have you, you back. We get that guitar tuned up and get amped and. Uh, oh yeah, pick. I'll definitely throw down some stuff. And, Dude, um, we buy homegrown. This shit's gonna get official as fuck, man. Like. Nah, that'd be awesome. I mean, you know what? I've been thinking about this, and I've never told you this. I don't give a fuck if we buy Homegrown or not. We're getting our own spot regardless. We're doing the same fucking idea no matter where we are. We're going to figure it out. Because yeah. it's such a good idea. I've seen a lot and of And something that we're both very passionate about. Something that I think we both have experience in. We both mm-hmm. can handle. We can nail. We have plenty of musicians to play. We know exactly how to sell beer, run beer, order beer, market beer. We obviously have a running podcast that's successful. So, fuck it. We'll do it no matter what we do. Eventually, you're going to see us with our own studio. It's going to fucking happen. Did the studio right now is great. I mean, it is a studio. It's sure. awesome. Yeah. yeah, but you got to... You, yeah. You got you to gotta look at it in other people's eyes. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's a little... I'm pretty sure Brian's going to get tired of just having drunk assholes in his house all the time. You know, it also... I mean, it's been three years running so far. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if the drunk assholes are paying rent, it helps. So, well, yeah, there's yeah. there's that. But it's yeah. also, like, for me, because I work a lot up here, because this is my computer, I would really like to actually have a destination point. Yeah, yeah. that you can go, call your business, whatever. Right, it's know. easier to... Like here, you hang your hat up, it's, you're at home. Mm-hmm. Yes. Entirely everything you said, yes. You know, it makes everything more official. 
it's more fun for us. I think we have a better space. We can control our sound better. Yeah. And we don't have to worry about people coming home randomly uh, or people in the house. You know, everything has an improvement when we get our own spot. Yeah. We just got to do it, and we will. We fucking will. Yeah. So we're going to eventually pull a Chris Fallon. We're going to. After this event, we're going to take the leap. We're going to do something like you. I'll I'll tell you, man, you know, this is a great town to do it in. Um, yeah, I've, I've also Bruce sticker. I thought I had one. Yeah, that's right there. Oh, I do have yeah. One. yeah, I got it. It's him. I told I told him I run a podcast. I want a sticker, and he gave me that sticker. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a great time to do it in. This is a great area to do it in, especially with you guys up here in Somerville. Um, I'm just I I love the growth that I've seen in the industry. You know, I have friends that a couple of years ago were just kind of like. Okay, I like craft beer, and now like w- one of my buddies is uh, interning under Shane at Common House. You know, oh, wow, it's you know, Cole, Edens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cole's, uh, you know, he's been interning under Shane and Brian up at Common House, learning how to make beer because one day he wants to open up his own spot. And, That's awesome. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, there are so many people that are you know even volunteering just to work in a tap house, you know, and and getting that knowledge and going in and. Ninety percent of the brewers that I know in this town, they're very, very approachable. You know, they they'd love to help you. And sometimes, I mean, that that for anybody out there that wants to get interested in it, it doesn't help to uh, ask because mm-hmm. chances are there's going to be one day where they're, you know, hey, you got a day off from work on a Tuesday, or hey, you got a holiday on a Monday or a Friday. You want to go wash some kegs? You know, you want to go do this? You want to go do that and help help your brewer friends out? They'd be more than happy to help you. Now, granted, you probably only get going to get paid and maybe a six-pack of beer and drink and draft while you're there. But, I mean, it. fuck. Worth it. Totally worth it. You're just making connections. You're making connections. and you're, Friends. You, you're pretty much just continuing on the family that we've all been, been working towards. And, Amen. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, I've... I have yet to meet anyone in this town that it works in the beer landscape that I don't consider a friend. Right. You know, there's there's no one in this beer landscape that at the end of the day, yeah, we might have our problems, we might call each other a dickhead or whatever, <laughs> but at the end of the day, would I sit down and have a beer with you? Fuck yeah, I will. True. Yeah. It's very solid. Point. Absolutely. Yeah. On that note, I think that's a perfect <laughs> note to end yeah. it. That is that just works. fantastic, you know. Cheers, we will boys. have a beer with you no matter what. Yeah, All right, Chris, right. we're gonna wrap it up. Thank you so much. Thank for you guys so us. much. This yeah. has been awesome. Appreciate I really, really Thanks appreciate for the beer it. For the Hell yeah, part. man! Yeah, 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 I'm glad you guys enjoyed uh, all three of those beers. They were oh, fantastic. Yeah, you've been such a great guest. Yeah, thank you. Sure. The time flew by. So next bad. time we're gonna get some way too much. Yeah, hell yeah, man. We're gonna crank it up. Sure, fuck <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Hey, did you enjoy what you just listened to? Because I'm sure we would enjoy listening to you talk about how much you enjoyed listening to what we had to say. Was that confusing? Then leave a comment and tell us about it. Leave a review. Subscribe to our podcast. Like our videos. Yeah, I'm being a little petty. Right, because let's I'm be peddling. honest, this is all about conversations. So have a conversation with us on what you enjoyed, what you didn't enjoy, what you liked, what you would like to see more of. Write a review. 
Yeah. Like Yelp. A lot of people use Yelp. Yeah. But write a review on iTunes or YouTube or like, subscribe, hit that thumbs up button. All of the things. Show your love. 